Today's episode is sponsored by Carl's Jr. What <laughs> <laughs> do you buy me undies? Help yourself to what's on offer here. Man, I already had a massive ass feed today. I saw, I saw that video, bro. Yeah, I know, man. What Disappointing, we... very. So that, does that mean you had to eat your brother's lunch as well? Yeah. I <laughs> bought $40 worth of food for me and my brother that didn't show up. Bam. <laughs> man. What was it? Uh, it was um, barbecue pork and oh. fried rice. Chasu. Yeah. Barbecue pork. Love it, man. From Whistle. No, from Mount Albert. Oh, okay. Yeah, I only yeah. go there because um, Mercury shut down. Oh, Mercury. Yeah. <laughs> Is it shut down finally? Yeah. 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 I oh. think October 13th or something like yeah. that. It was like, well, October, yeah, like in the October. Yeah, barbecue pork. I went there the, the day before it shut and there were lines like literally going downstairs. Yeah. yeah. Did they actually advertise this is the last day? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, everyone, so everyone, everyone was rushing to get their, their Mercury fix yeah. before it closed. With the broken day turner yeah. at the bottom level. <laughs> 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 the tagging in the car park. <laughs> Are you always guaranteed to see an all black or. Yeah, yeah, for sure, man. Yeah, this other time I went and um, Tim Weir Morrison was in there and oh. he was eating, you know, where the Mexican places or used to be in the corner that. Yeah, 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 the yeah, with the uh, Indian places yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was always, it's always like, that place never lasts. Silly, yeah. but the man is in there with his um, guitar, just strumming and singing. Hey. Yeah. Holy. Oh, just... Busking. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> Looking for work. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, he was just in there with his, um, with who he, who he was with, and they were just singing. Right. I saw I saw John Campbell there one time. Oh, see? Yeah, yeah I remember going there and it was pretty much most of the All Black squad with there, well, the brown boys, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah. well, there's Auckland yeah. Blues players and the All Blacks, yeah. and you know, the Blues are there with all the Ford Rangers outside, <laughs> they all got Ford Rangers. <laughs> I wonder if that's the only place the nutritionists that the Blues tell them to go, that's the only place they can go eat or something. <laughs> I think that nutritionists should get sacked then. <laughs> the nutritionists giving them food poisoning. <laughs> that place never lasted either, the one. Every yeah, every time it's, it's, it's a new, every time it's a new, it was a new place like yeah. it's Mexican, Indian. It was only that spot that was changing it. Yeah, I wonder where that is. Ah, oh, must be a funny <laughs> Must be cursed. But the way that place looked had no right to attract all the people that did. You wouldn't think so, eh? Yeah, it looked like yeah. <laughs> but I mean, that's like a lot of spots in Auckland. Like you, you wouldn't think that they have like nice meals or you know things. But once. Like, for my job, I always travel around, so I have lunch everywhere. Oh, yeah. And so, man, I find spots like, um, you know, grimy corners that you wouldn't even think should be there. We're talking about food, right? Hunter's <laughs> 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 <Hunter's Corner. laughs> After hours meals. Hunter's yeah. Corner, that was the yeah. only spot I saw in your videos. <laughs> <clears throat> that was, yeah, one of, one of my first videos. <laughs> Okay, um, just want to welcome um, Miguel Mulipola here in the studio, back at 135. Welcome, welcome. Welcome, man. Hey, it's a pleasure to have you here on the studio. Talk to us. Ah, all good, man. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah, I wasn't sure uh, what I was getting into. It's like, <laughs> hey, but I'm like from Southside, so I was ready for anything. <laughs> <laughs> now you're good, man. We had, we had, we had <clears throat> I think we had a few um, guys from ourself on the podcast already. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah so... In good hands, in good hands, in good hands. Yeah. It doesn't feel like um, 
that far now, like south and west, like no, nah, especially with the tunnel. Yeah, uh, yeah actually, exactly. like on Wednesday nights, I'm usually in this area anyway because oh, yeah. uh, the IPW training gyms over at uh, V Road, and so Wednesday nights is our rookie nights, and sometimes I'll, I'll be over there uh, training some young wrestlers. And the, yeah, so I'm usually in this neighborhood anyway, so I usually make this this trip out these oh, ways. On oh, is that like a training school for for wrestlers? For yeah, wrestling. Yeah. Oh, so yeah, just up the road. You guys heard yeah. about that? Nah, because I've seen. Th- do they have shows at Custom Intermediate? Nah, nah, we, no, nah, nah, that's not. There's something that. else. Mount Albert War Memorial. Yeah, uh, Mount Eden War oh, Memorial Hall. Oh. Uh, Mount Albert, we've done, um, but we've done. I think a couple of months ago, we we're at the other two community center. So oh, okay. um, yeah, we mainly are at Mount Eden War Memorial Hall, but we do travel a bit around Auckland. And I think Nightmare Before Christmas next month's show. We're, it's our first show at the. Amateur boxing, uh, oh, boxing the ABA. yeah, ABA. ABA. Yep. So uh, yeah, we're looking forward to that. You know, that's quite a, a well-established yeah, fight, yeah. fight venue, and so like to have pro wrestling there. Nice. It's gonna be are dope. You, yeah. Are you wrestling in there? I should be. Oh, okay. uh, I'm not too sure what the cards like for that show, but I should be. I should be wrestling on on that night. Hopefully, the, the champ yeah. is um that Jamie Jamie Tangatese. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's my boy. Oh yeah, yeah. that's my boy. <laughs> He, cause he used to dance and like rip. Yeah, uh, was it delicious? Was it? Oh no, nah, not not that famous. He used pork chops. But oh, he, he was yep. with my cousin. That's how I seen him. Then when I seen some of the stuff on the internet, cause yeah. you know, just like seeing, and I was he was doing all these. He looks amazing with yeah. his big hair and big dude jumping uh, around like yeah. that. Yeah, no, yeah, Jamie. Jamie's a natural, and when he started training, I made sure to help him mm. out as well. And I was because like. Not many like sour ones kind of pop in. Well, they yeah. they pop in, but then they they pull out afterwards. Yeah, like they f- they realize it's much harder than they they first realized. But like Islanders are so catered for pro wrestling. Yeah, yeah. I I don't shit that. Yeah, the physicality, the yeah. entertainment aspect, like it's all wrapped up in what we do as as, as Polynesians. And so, as one of the ones that have been around for ages, I was just like, man, I just see them come and go. And so when Jamie came in, I was like, oh, this dude's. He's the man. Okay, we have gotta make sure we st- he stays, and, and he's become a great part of uh, Impact Pro Wrestling. Uh, and I've helped uh, train him. I've also I gave him his finishing move. Nice. Uh, and uh, so yeah, so like I could be like, ah, oh, yeah, and then I helped him out and stuff. Um, I also gave him his name. It was oh. me that gave me gave him his uh, the Tangatese um, because he was part of the Young Nets. He was like bodyguard for the yeah. Young Nets, and the Young Nets are like white. Dudes right and, you know the the whole uh, you know everyday racist kind of thing. Yeah, so yeah, I was yeah. like, if your if your boss is this guy who doesn't really like brown people, he should you should have a, a brown name that's hard for him to pronounce. Yeah, 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 yeah. And because yeah. because I absolutely hate when you hear Tagatizi. Yeah, and so yeah. that's all I was saying. He was like Tagatizi. Yeah, and then he, and then his, his boss would constantly stuff up his name every time he'd be like, Mister Tagatizi. Like. <laughs> And so yeah, that's kind of tags. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, so that's why I gave him the Tangatese name, and then uh, and then also I guess what Tangatese is a different person, a different people. I guess like like um, so like again, it's, oh, it's almost yeah, like yeah, a, yeah, a yeah, alter yeah. ego of Jamie kind of thing as well, but in the, in the name Tangatese. Mm. Um, um, so yeah, so yeah, so it was, it was that kind of stuff. That's why I kind of gave him that name. What's um? um What's the name of his move? What's the move that he does? Ah, uh, so the move that he does uh, is like, like Fireman's Carry. John Cena's movie. It's a like Fireman's Carry, but from the Fireman's Carry, he he turns into a jackhammer. Oh wow! Yeah. Oh, so instead right. of the suplex, he yeah, goes yeah, from yeah. here 
holds him up and then jackhammers him from the fireman's carry. And uh, we were like trying to give it a name. And I gave it uh, the Warhammer. Oh. Uh, the, oh, what's it? Um, Uatungi. Yeah, Uatungi, the oh. Warhammer. Yeah. Um, it sounds like God of War. Yeah. So yeah, so like it's just a cool kind of name. Yeah, yeah, it's like yeah, yeah. it's got the jackhammer kind of like yeah. aspect to it, but then Warhammer and the or Tungi and the the Salmon Warhammer uh kind of club um nice. as well. So yeah. Um but yeah, for Barling as we call it the Warhammer. Yeah. It's much easier for them to understand. <laughs> and you know for the all the wrestling movies out there, have you invented your own wrestling move? Like uh, from scratch? Like that hasn't been seen before? Have you invented there's, there's, oh, there's ones that like, oh, maybe like you've never seen, but then someone else might have done, you know. Um, yeah, it's, it's kind of hard to really kind of go, hey, this is a move I've, in- I've invented because you know, uh, there's so many wrestlers out there and, and you know, trying trying to be different. Um, for me, um, I do I do stuff you've seen before, but not in the way you've seen before. So that's kind of how Just I... Just put your own touch yeah. to it. Yeah. So you know, I I like it simple. I like it hard. Yeah. Just I you know when people see me hit people, they're like, oh, that person's getting fucked up. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I was just like, yeah, I'm Simon. I didn't hit soft. Like, <laughs> so um, yeah. So that's how I've made a reputation for myself as being one of the hardest hitters in, in New Zealand wrestling, um, and just a real crabby bastard that wants to beat people up. But um, but yeah. But like, if I look to be an innovator, then then I look to innovate, but for me, I really enjoy what I do um, and how I do it. <coughs> is there like, um, do you have like um, mates that you wrestle with that are like, oh fuck, silly, you know, you kind of hit me a bit too hard there, or <laughs> that's me? <laughs> <laughs> I'm that guy. Um, it's like, oh bro, like, it, oh, bro, like, you, you dial it down a bit. Oh sorry, bro. <laughs> but, um, the fans love it. The fans yeah. love it. But like for me, like. Uh, again, it's, it's the physicality of, of pro wrestling that I really get into, and you know, as an islander, we just love that stuff. Yeah, we love for to sure. get physical, yeah. you know. Um, and so, when I hit people, I hit them so they can feel it. Yeah, but I'm not reckless, so I'm not out there hurting people. Obviously, it comes part and parcel with yeah. you know the. So yeah, industry. so so uh, stuff like when someone goes, "Oh, you're working stuff," that's when you're like hitting people for real. Oh, okay. uh, I like to work what's called snug. So you feel it, but it's safe. So when I when I forearm someone in the in the head, yeah, like I'm not con- I'm not trying to concast them or co- knock them out. They'll feel it, but they're not like yeah stuffed up. And he's like, oh, and they're like, oh, yeah, I can sell that. Yeah, you know, air punches. You know, you have to kind of guess like, oh, did he throw a punch? Oh, I'm gonna. <laughs> but like, if I hit you, then you're like, oh, I can sell that. Yeah, you, know? yeah, yeah. you can feel that, and then you, you can go with it. But um, so yeah, so. That's kind of um, my reputation, um, and there have been times where people who are, who are known to hit people, uh, stiff people, or throw potatoes. Throw potatoes is when you like punch people through. Oh, shit. so there have been a couple of people who throw potatoes, but once they stepped in the ring with me, they somehow <laughs> lightened up because uh, they realize that if they throw potatoes at me, yeah. they're getting du- doubly <laughs> fucked up. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. So, so, yeah, so it's kind of funny. It's just like, oh, yeah, they were right. And people are like, oh, yeah, they're so, they throw potatoes. I'm like, oh, they've been all right with me. Because, oh, yeah, it's just you. Yeah. you know? um, so, yeah, it's kind of it's kind of interesting that way. But is it, is it, do you think it's a, a good thing ho- holding their reputation? I, like I guess so. Like for competitors that come up against you? Um, yeah, no, like, uh, again, it, it makes you a threat. Yeah. You know, uh, win, lose, or draw, like, um, I'm always a threat, you know, and, and so people understand. Does that also, like, um, give you, 
like um you know like oh no we'll, we'll put you into the the main event like does it give you that okay well that's the thing like um i'm i'm in the in the position where i don't necessarily need championships nice i can be a champion if need be yeah but i don't need to be um and so i'm also in the position that not many people can do well and that's uh be uh, what's called a tweener so I could be a good guy or a bad guy, depending oh, okay. uh, on the story we need to tell. Yeah. Uh, and also my opponent. So if my opponent is more of a good guy, then I'll act more like a bad guy. If my opponent is a bad guy, then I act more like a good guy. So when uh, you rock up to work, it's like, oh, what am I today? Yeah, or, or it's like, okay, what story do we have to tell? Yeah. Cool, sweet. No, that's, oh, nice. So yeah, so what, what's cool is that with my attitude and my reputation, I can I can go either way, like, uh, the crowd like it just all depends on how I work the crowd yeah yeah. so if I'm a bad guy then I'm just like just like I don't care for you like, yeah. and then the crowd like blah and like, yeah, shut up yeah, you know, that yeah. kind of thing but like uh, if the crowd if I want the crowd on my side then I kind of draw on their power and get them yeah. to like you know, help help me nice. uh, recover and stuff so yeah so it's, it's one of those things where not many people can actually do that job really well um, and so yes yeah, so I'm, I'm in that position uh, in the paper wrestling where I can go you know, heel or face. Side, yeah. yeah. Um, depending on the story and still work the same way. That's the thing. It's, nice. it's not like I, the only thing that changes is how you react to the crowd. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Um, <coughs> Impact Pro Wrestling, is that a New Zealand organization? Yes, yeah. Uh, Impact oh. Pro Wrestling uh, is actually the, the origin of the modern New Zealand wrestling scene. Um, a group of mates um, kind of got together who loved wrestling but there's nowhere to really learn uh, where to do wrestling. And they broke away from this like stunt fighting group and then they created Impact Pro Wrestling. And then once they created Impact Pro Wrestling, then all these other uh, companies started showing up around uh, New Zealand. And so very much was the, the genesis, the birth of the modern New Zealand wrestling scene. Oh, so that Impact Pro Wrestling sort of amalgamated everyone to come in. Uh, no, 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 it's, it's Auckland-based. Oh, okay. uh, but then, yeah. then people are like, "Oh, okay, these guys in Auckland are doing things." Yeah. And then some old school like uh, wrestlers in Wellington decided to start up their promotion, uh, promotion down there as well. And you know, bits and pieces popped up every now and then, and, and a lot of them closed down. And then more started up and whatnot. But Impact Impact Pro Wrestling's been there since uh, I think going on to it's the nineteenth, twentieth year. Yeah, Ooh. and uh, and we still have a couple of original members wrestling in the Impact Pro Wrestling oh. today, so they're they're coming up on twenty years of wrestling too. Um, so, so how does it work with the um, events? Is it like every month? Or yeah, so or? we we hold events roughly about once a month, once every three weeks or so, um, and all around Auckland. But then we've also been branching up around um, the North Island as well. Later on this month, we will be in Taranaki at New, in New Plymouth. The next month will be a new uh, Napier as well. Uh, then we also wrestle at Armageddon's around the country, so Tauranga, Wellington, Christchurch, as well as Auckland Armageddon's. Um, so yeah, now yeah, Impact Pro Wrestling pretty much travels extensively and has the best roster, the best training, the best promotion in New Zealand. So are you like a trainer for? Uh, so and, yes. and, and wrestler. So uh, uh, so with Impact Pro Wrestling as well as a wrestler, I'm also um, I also help train some of the uh, new wrestlers. I also I was previously part of the booking team 
Uh, but I stepped away from that because I've just been too busy. And essentially, the booking team decides who wins, who loses, the storylines and drama and all oh, that. Wow. Uh, but I just recently stepped away from that position. Um, but I'm still part of the management team, and I'm also co-director of the company. So I'm one of the boss men. Um, so how long are you on, on the road for? Uh, not that much. It's not as bad as like WWE or anything. Yeah. Um, it, because we only hold events once every month, three weeks. Yeah. Uh, we are not traveling as often as like you know a lot of wrestlers and overseas and that. So you'd be like away for a week. No, or just a few no, days. No, it's just we we set up on Saturday, hold the show on Saturday, pack down. Yeah, it's just a one day. Yeah. Oh, like, all right. Um, yeah. One day operation. We go and set up, put on the show, pack down. We are away. Man. So, and what are the the, the crowds like? Uh yeah, no, crowds are crowds are really good. Uh, the last couple of years, we've seen a growth in uh, in our attendance, and definitely more families. Um, so we've kind of catered our um, our product towards more of that. Uh, a few years ago, like you know, IPW had like lights out death matches and like super hardcore <laughs> stuff, and and that was the the audience then. Now it's changed slightly so we've catered the product to be more uh family friendly than uh than what it used to be but yeah it's, it's, it's all kinds of different people and i always encourage people to come to like one uh impact pro wrestling live wrestling event because it's totally not what people expect and it's it's, it's you know bits of theater uh stunts uh rock and roll like just like just all, all these genres of entertainment rolled into one product one thing that's great about pro wrestling and makes pro wrestling what it is is that unlike other art forms where you're presenting the art to the audience, the audience is passive for most art forms. In pro wrestling, the audience is part of the product. You know, Their energy, their investment in the stories we tell in that ring are an integral part of what we do in professional wrestling. And so that's one thing that people like uh, really love about because you really get all these emotions out like yeah. you know through the performance and stuff and and you take that journey if, you, if you're if you've got good pro wrestlers you're taking the journey along with them in their in their battle against adversity in that match so i guess that's how you, you become the bad guy or you know the people's champ or yeah. uh, which is all part of the crowd eh? yeah the crowd uh, as i said kind of makes you who play you, a part yeah and and what we do and so uh you know you, you're listening for the crowd you know, um, a lot of us, uh, some of us older guys, we could just go out there and, and do a match like without any planning, just oh. by reading the crowd. Yeah. You no, know? just understanding. Okay, the crowd's ready for this bit. You yeah. Know? And then I right, let's bring them down a bit. You know, so like you know, and then you let it simmer again, and then yeah, build yeah. it up. And so it's all that kind of stuff. Like with experience, you know, you get to learn how to manipulate people's emotions. So yeah, it's that's one of the things I love about it is that connection you get with the crowd. So um. With your with your character, like my favorite wrestler of all time is Mark Henry. Alright. So what his character has like like has changed a lot over the years. So he started off like Nation of Domination. Yeah. Then he was Sexual Chocolate. <laughs> so with yeah. this, my favorite. And then he was like World Strongest Man. Yeah. Then the Hall of Pain. And then he was the Salmon Jacket guy. Yeah. Like how, what is your character gimmick and how how how's it changed over yeah. you? So that's one of the things that's awesome about professional wrestling as well is that wrestlers, especially if they've been around for years, uh, your character evolves. And so when I started off wrestling, I was a superhero. Like, you know, I love my comics. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, I was a superhero and did all that. Hey, people love me. 
yay, come on, let's go. And hey, and it was cool, but then I realized that I started hating people. It's <laughs> <laughs> just like, oh, these people are idiots. Um, and, so, and so I was like, oh, let, and I said to the the bookers at the time, saying, oh, can I kind of try being a heel, like being a bit more heelish, just to see how that feels. And yeah, and they're like, oh, yeah, cool. No. We'll see how it goes. It went so well. They were like, oh, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, where's this coming from? It's like, ah, oh, I'm brown. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so that's when I realized, oh, man, I really love this. Like, I really love being angry and mean and just beating people up. Like, uh, and so, yeah, so I made the transition to being a bad guy after, I think, a year and a half, two years of wrestling as a good guy. And then I've been, re- I've been wrestling more predominantly a bad guy since then. Um, oh. And... Yeah, again, there's, uh, there's, there's been times where like, people are like, yeah, we're on the side now. Like, yeah. this guy's cool. <laughs> and then last year, when I, at the, one of the, the moments where people really loved me, like, cause again, I've been around for ages, grizzled old vet, yeah. and, they, and they know that I'm going to go out there and, and put on a good show. I had teamed up with, uh, Liam Fury, who's like one of the, oh, no, he's, he is the best wrestler in New Zealand, mm. uh, at the moment. And, so we were teaming together and people were loving this, like this team, like, yeah, awesome. But then he was New Zealand heavyweight champion. And after Kobe wrestling for about 13 and a half years, and back last year was about 12 years. Um, and I still had never been New Zealand heavyweight champion. So this is my sometimes tag team partner being champ. And, uh, I had a match with Jamie, Tangatese, and, uh, I got hurt. And, uh, people were like, oh, damn. Like it's hurt, like, and it's crazy because after all those years of wrestling, I'd actually never been hurt. First like time. seriously, yeah. This was like, oh. so people were like, "Oh shit!" Like, like it's hurt. Like, and uh, stuffed up my knee. And the thing is, with wrestling, when you get hurt, you try and finish the match if you can. Yeah. Right. Mm. So, so I, I jumped off. I jumped off the middle rope and I did the double axe handle and I just landed weird and my knee gave out. And instead of like screaming in pain, I'm like talking to ref like. Tell Jamie my knee's fucked. <laughs> so Max, yeah, let's see if I can get up. If I get up, just tell him to slam me and pin me. And it's like he's like, okay, cool. And then yeah, and so I slowly, I like, I use the ropes to get up to my feet. Jamie picked me up, slammed me, pinned me. Uh, and luckily, one of the wrestlers is a physio, so he came out, helped me out. And so the crowd were like, oh shit, like is hurt. One of our favorites is hurt. Uh, and I had a whole bunch of friends in the in the audience that, that night too, so they were super worried. And uh, I was getting all these messages, um, you know, hey, get well soon, you know, um, you know, took a photo of the hospital and stuff. Um, and some people were like, oh, shit, no, he's, he's actually hurt. But really, uh, I was hiding upstairs. <laughs> uh, so my big plan was to pretend like I was hurt. Oh, Hide. No one, no one really knew. There was only about five people that knew what my plan was. Yeah. I took a photo of the hospital the night before, <laughs> posted on social media. Oh, well, then I got hurt. Yeah, so yeah, people yeah. were like, oh shit, he's actually at the hospital. Checked in online, like, you know, status, checked in Auckland <laughs> Hospital. So people were like, oh shit, like, and then they're like, getting all these tweets and stuff, retweets, like, oh, give us soon, bro, blah, blah, blah. But so Liam was having uh, one of his biggest matches against Tor Henare, who's a Maori, Maori uh, wrestler who wrestles mm. for New Japan, pro wrestling. So he was coming back home and they were having this big match for the championship. And it was a dope-ass match. 
until I interfered. <laughs> so, so everyone was getting into this match, it was building up, building up, and it was getting to the bit where everyone's like, oh, it was like, Tor Henry could be champ, or Liam could and then pull through. And then I come running through the crowd, jump over the guardrail, because I had like a, like a money in the bank type yeah, contract, yeah, the, yeah, the eliminated yeah, contract. Yeah. So I could cash them whenever I want. I jumped the guardrail, and then I remember the crowd just going, what the fuck? <laughs> like, and some people, like, some people thought that we got someone else to dress up like me. Yeah. Because I was supposedly in the hospital. So, like, it took them a few moments to realize, wait, no, he's not hurt. He's it's the return. Yeah. And then I, and then I slide, I throw Aaron out, uh, to Henry, slide in, drop my tag team partner on his head, pin him, become champ. And the crowd just went absolutely nuts. Like they were booing the shit out of me. Yeah, and my right. and my friends were like 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 look at me like you son of a bitch. <laughs> you absolute bastard. <laughs> and like and my friends came up to me afterwards and they're like, fuck you. <laughs> and I go, they're like, fuck you. Because because my match was like early on in the in their show, they were like, We could not enjoy that match. Uh, we could not enjoy the show. Because the thought of our friend being in hospital was just too much. Like, we were worried for you, bro. Like, you fucking bastard. <laughs> like, and I, was like, I knew it. That's why, that's why I did it. And what was cool is that uh, that was also the night that we were launching the Peter Maivia kids book that oh, illustrated. Okay. And so I said to the writer, I said, hey, why don't we do the launch at the IPW show? Because yeah. it's a Peter Maivia book. He goes, oh, that'd be awesome. I didn't tell him. So my plan was to organize this launch and not be there so that the writer had to awkwardly promote this book by himself <laughs> to make people think that I'm actually in the hospital. Because they were like, there's no way he wouldn't be here unless yeah, yeah, he's actually yeah. in the hospital. So like, I was, as I said, I got so good at manipulating people's emotions. People legit thought I was hurt. <laughs> and then they got legit mad at me because, <laughs> because, because, because for two hours, wrestling was real for them. Yeah. And that's one of the coolest things that ever happened. Like I, I made people believe yeah. that I was legit hurt, and then I come out become champ, and then and uh, and then the, what was funny was that uh, with the contract, a couple of months earlier, I said to my tag team partner, I said, now that I've got the contract, I'm going to challenge you in September, Mangere, my hometown, yeah. for that championship. So Liger versus Fury, and everyone's was like, yeah, awesome. It's like, well, I didn't lie. It's just that I'm the champion yeah, yeah, going yeah, to Mangere yeah, yeah, yeah. instead. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, so I was like, yeah, people were like, oh, this bastard. It's like, you know, you know, when the crowd's on my side, that's when I turned, stabbed him in the back of it. Suckers. Uh, so, now, yeah. how long did it take you to come up with that? Oh, man. Um, like, were you, was that in the works for like a while? It was one of those things where I was just sitting back. We were, we were talking about um, a main event for Mangade. And they are like, of course it's going to be you because you're yeah. the Mangade home, hometown hero, or hometown um, wrestler. And it's like, how can we make that work? And I was like, I was like, oh, what about this? And it was funny because like, if I had done that earlier, it wouldn't have worked. Yeah. What that moment needed was the decade plus that I'd been wrestling and earning the trust of the fans through my work in yeah. the ring and getting to know some of them outside the ring. And then also never being injured like seriously in, in the match so yeah. like again and I, I'd walk out with a t-shirt that said I'm too old for this shit yeah, so I'm yeah, constantly yeah. like like you know pointing out to yeah, people yeah. like I've been wrestling yeah. for ages yeah, yeah. I'm old I'm weary <laughs> and, and, and stuff like that and then so it was just one of those things where like I finally caught up with them and in their minds and then I was like man if that works that would be absolutely hilarious 
and it was it was just it was so good like wow. um yeah when people are like oh, i wish things fake he's like, oh man i i had a moment where people and it's, like, it's the second time i've had people believe in, in wrestling what they saw in wrestling was real yeah so when i was training uh this was like 2006 uh at armageddon auckland i had actually won uh an award for best new zealand comic book artist and i remember going oh i don't feel like i deserve to win so why don't some of my wrestling buddies like attack me um during the during the ceremony like i get the award ceremony <laughs> and there's a whole bunch of people there uh and i go to go to grab the my award and then all of a sudden there's a couple of guys just like talking shit and i'm like yo guys this isn't the place for it because the wrestling ring was nearby yeah, so yeah, it was yeah. kind of like and one of one of the guys was like six foot nine um and then and so he comes on he shoves me grabs me holds my, my arms back and then the other guy super kicks me in the face and then uh and then i i fully slam onto the uh onto the concrete floor uh and everyone everyone there's just like oh shit what the fuck like what do yeah, we do yeah, yeah. security was called from um, from armageddon like all these brown guys like you know uh, and the security like start coming in and i'm sl- and then i slowly get up and acting like i got i got kicked in the face for real uh, and my mum and my brother are there too. I didn't tell them anything. So like, so, so like, so my mum and my, my brother like looks worried. My mum gets up. She's super pissed off. She's like, son, are you all right? I'm like, yeah, just leave me alone. Just doing the, you know, the top guy one. Just, oh, just leave me alone. Just leave me alone. Like, I'm all right. Just leave me alone. Yeah. Anyway, um, and so like, she's like holding me up and stuff. And then the security come along as I'm like walking out. And, uh, and then she like turns to me. She goes, son. If they really hurt you, I'm gonna I'm gonna kill them. I said, I said Nah, I'm alright, mum. Pretending. So she slaps me in the back of the head, and the slap was harder than the kick to the face. Um, and the brown guys saw it, like the brown guys in security saw it, and they realized that oh, was just. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. But it was just funny, like people caught security, and, and like my mum believed it and shit like that. So, uh, so yeah, so I've been I've been uh, I've been working people uh, for ages. A so, prankster. Yeah, it's, it's gonna be hard when you actually do get hurt, eh? and nobody ever gonna believe you. Yeah, 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 exactly. That's nah, what at least yeah. bleeding from his head that's just yeah. the act uh, yeah, I've been bleeding I've, I've, yeah I've bled plenty of times it's funny too because some of the guys who know me once they if, if someone if someone busts me open like the guys at the back are like oh shit like is bleeding it's on now like, yeah, yeah, like yeah. they know that once I see my own blood I get fired up and I just fuck people up even sure. more like I, I just I just go like on my Super Saiyan, just yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, let's go. <laughs> yeah, just like, let's go, let's go. Yeah, it was just, um, so yeah, so I don't actually mind bleeding. Um, yeah. No, you don't hear that a lot. I don't actually mind bleeding. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's, it's, it's just something about, once I inhibit the character, it's just like, I'm just, I'm just on. Like, I put the mask on, step through the curtain. Like, people are surprised with how chill I am at backstage. Yeah. Like they're just like, aren't you hyped? And I'm, like, ah, I'm good. I I don't get hyped. I don't get I don't get nervous. Is that because of years? No, of, I've always been was like that just you. My, my debut match. I remember like just sitting back, just like chill like this, and some of the guys are like, oh, you know, aren't you listening to music? Aren't you hyped? Aren't you excited? But no, yeah, I'm excited, but I'm I'm all good. They're like, oh, and they're just looking at me like weird. Like most guys are like they kind yeah, of get yeah, the zone yeah. and stuff. I'm like, hype. Yeah, I'm like, oh yeah, I'll be alright. And then. Step through the curtain, I was on. But like, what's what's great is that um, being that chill allowed me to process what was happening. And so I sometimes watch my debut match back 
um, from the footage I've got. And I'm actually pretty happy with it because I I actually took my time. Yeah. So one of the biggest uh, mistakes that uh, new wrestlers do is that they work too fast. They go through you know, a million miles an hour and we always tell them, slow the fuck down. Get caught up in the hype. Yeah, you get caught up in the excitement and yeah, stuff yeah, and you're yeah. nervous and you just want to get through it. But like because I was so chill before beforehand, I came out to the ring. I'm, my character's on, yeah. but I'm still chill. Yeah. And so it was like, okay, cool. I know I need to do this here. This is the position I need to be in. That's the position I need to put them in. And so like it flowed really well. Like, And there was one point where I forgot what I needed to do. But because instead of panicking and trying to redo it, because like a lot of times people are like, they plan too much. They're like, oh shit, what was it? Oh, and then they try to redo it. And then yeah. people are like, oh, it's rehearsed. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. The, the suspension of disbelief is broken. So I remember uh, my opponent got distracted by his manager. And I was, I was actually supposed to roll him up. Um, but I remember I got up and go, oh, fuck, what do I, what was I supposed to do? Ah, stuff it. So I just grabbed him and gave him back suplex and then went to pin him. So rather than just going standing and going, yeah, yeah, oh yeah, no, yeah, I didn't know yeah. what to do. I was like clear headed. I was like, okay, <clears throat> I didn't know what to do. His back's towards me. Just do something, cover it. Yeah. And so, yeah, and that was my first match. Oh, <laughs> you right. know, like my debut match. So uh, there was a couple of things I was like, oh, I should work on that. And then I worked on the, on my second match and it was like, and I fixed it. But, uh, yeah, but having that clear headedness, the uh, level headedness as well, like in, in, uh, when I'm wrestling, just allows me to process things much easier, much smoother um, than constantly panicked. For you, is it is it as simple as like flicking a switch? Yeah, yeah, it is. It's yeah. like uh, you know, I've got the mask on. Even with the mask on, I'm just like just chilling. Yeah, but it's just once once I step through the curtain, my music hits. It's like yeah, I'm on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm on, and then I start throwing gifts out. So it's like, some people are like, oh, hey, what's your catchphrase? And like, especially kids, oh, do you have a catchphrase? I'm like, yeah, I do, but I can't say that. Um, and, and what's funny is that, like, I, like, oh, yeah, I, do it, I do it, like, you know, because A, I'm crabby and angry, um, but also B, in, in, in a slightly comedic way as well. Yeah, yeah. So, like, there's been times where you got two, three hundred people in the hall chanting Gephe. Like, because, yeah. Uh, it's like, oh, do the Gephe clothesline. And like, if I'm, a, if I'm a bad guy, like, and like, people want me to do the Gephe, I'm like, no, I'll do it when I want to. Like, and they, they're like, like, I'll, 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 like, I heard a massive clothesline, and then like, the, the crowd be like, Gephe. I'm like, <laughs> and then as, as when they, yeah, it's like, I'm not going to give it to you when you want it. It's like, yeah. That's like that wrestler Umanga. When yeah. he used to come out, this music and he's chanting, yeah. and then you just hear him like he, the man's like screaming in some more, and he's like, "Ah, like, so you say, so like, so I get away with swearing uh, in another language, uh, but uh, yeah, so yeah, so yeah, that's that's my catchphrase at the moment, and that's what the the Balangis in the crowd like say, "Give me that, yeah." yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so yeah, so it's just one of those things where, uh, uh, yeah, it's, yeah, uh, people people really like laugh at that. And my, my Balangi mate who comes to most of the wrestling events, his daughter, uh, one time, when the, the first time she heard it, she goes, Dad, what does Gephi mean? <laughs> and he's like, um, Kara, just don't say that word to anyone at school, <laughs> uh, especially the Samoans. <laughs> so yeah, um, but no. With rehearsing, uh, like, is is it quite a, a big process? Like, uh, for one single match, it depends. Um, some of the younger guys like to go through their matches, um, you know, kind of step by step. Yeah, like beforehand. 
Well, as, some, as I said, like a lot of us older guys, we just we can call it on the fly. We just go, okay, this is what we're doing in the beginning. This is what we're doing at the end. We'll, we'll, we'll see how the card goes in, in, in the middle. So you could pretty much just change up, like you said, like com- uh, to the crowd. Yeah. Uh, sometimes you're about like, oh, actually, no, no, we'll cut that because the crowd's not feeling, no, they don't feel like the crowd's going to feel it. So let's just change it to this. <coughs> and then, oh, yeah. On um, the fly like that. That's- yeah. So again, that's another skill uh, that comes with experience, kind of understanding yeah. how to manipulate people's emotions. Oh, right. um, if you compare it to like WWE in America, like WWE that, that's is like next another level of that kind of stuff. Well, like, WWE, they do is, admire stuff that goes on um, over in the states. Their style is definitely for television, yeah. But their their stuff is also very heavily produced for television. The one time, the, the time that you'll see WWE superstars act like pro wrestlers is in their house shows, the shows that aren't televised, yeah. the, for the live crowds, like the stuff that they do when they're here in New Zealand. Um, like oh, that's right. when you see them actually working the crowd because they don't have to worry about cameras yeah, yeah. and like understanding this is the camera you're working. Uh, and kind of, you kind of ignore the crowd, like when you're working TV because the audience at home is larger. Yeah, yeah. So you work the audience that the largest audience, and for them it's always the TV. Okay. So, so a lot of the stuff they do is designed for television. But when they're doing house shows, that's when they have fun. That's when they're like, you know, kind of let loose, and then they actually actually work like pro wrestlers because they're like, hey, let's have some fun. Let's get the crowd on this side. Let's have a little laugh. Let's you know. It's uh, a different beast. Yeah. It's so uh, yeah. So it's interesting, and and I always enjoy the house shows just mm. because I get to see like if oh, this is the stuff you don't see on television. Like these guys can actually do the work. Like, so is that the same for like um, NXT and all of that? In, NXT, yeah. So NXT do house shows as well outside of um, the television series. So Dakota Kai, yeah, uh, who's the half Samoan New Zealand chick that's in NXT. She came from IPW. I remember when she started. Um, oh. So yeah, so and yeah, she's doing really well. She was on SmackDown last weekend, or this week too. Uh, or we never SmackDown this last week. Um. Yeah, and she had she was on WrestleMania as well. She and then the women's better Royal stuff. So, um, how does that call up work? What? Like, how does that call up work? Like- uh, yeah. So, they, uh WWE whenever they travel, they usually have like uh tryouts. Yeah. And if they see if they see some potential in you, then you know you get invited to go to the performance center. You do well there, then you know next thing you know you're in NXT. And so Charlie, I know she had done a trout in Australia, and uh, and she had wrestled in Japan and America. So she was gaining a, a international following as well. So Buzz nice. was surrounding her. Yeah, yeah. And then when she did the tryout, um, you know, performance center signed her up. Far up. So yeah. is that like um, how Daniel Vito got? Is that how he? Yeah. Did? So yeah, Daniel. Uh, I think he went. Uh, another route but like he, he had the tryout oh, but yeah, he's also yeah. what because uh, they have like oh developmental dudes yeah. yeah the developmental dudes they have like a premier athletes or something like elite athletes so because of his work in uh, you know, on the international level for um, for rugby league mm. he was kind of like an elite athlete so mm. they knew that he uh, really had the athleticism yeah that he had the thing. thing so yeah I think his tryout um you know, they liked what they saw, and he kind of got a a, um, a little easier yeah. 
past into yeah. uh, the performance center because of his background as uh, international rugby league star. Who do you think, um, out of all the current stars, sports stars, would make a good transition into WWE or into professional wrestling? Um, ooh, trying to think. Any like rugby players? I don't really follow rugby oh. or <laughs> rugby league. Um, but any of the brown guys would be yeah. showing. Yeah. Like, again, the, the physica- physicality, the entertainment aspect of our, our lives and stuff. Yeah. Like, pro wrestling is the best of all those worlds. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. so. You were saying at the beginning, um, you know, when when um, people walk in to the building and, and it's a uh, Polynesian, what would shy them off from from doing wrestling? Um, like even though we got all the attributes to yeah. do it, it's yeah, it's, it's a mixture of, of things. I like I don't know why they no longer come come back. Yeah, uh, the training is pretty hard. Yeah, yeah. Um, it could be it could be that where they just, they they wanted it until they actually gave it a go <laughs> and they realized how hard it was to make it work. Um, it could be family reasons. Yeah, you know. Um, yeah, it's I I I, I don't know because. They never come back. Man. So I can't be like, hey, why didn't you come back? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Mm. Um, but like people like Jamie, who just fit in so naturally and has become a great part of the team. Uh, he's, even though he's champ, like he's still same old Jamie. Like he, he hasn't made it like a thing. Yeah. You know, he's still going out there, helping break down the ring um, and stuff, taking flyers and posters humble, and humble. stuff. Yeah. Um, mm. Yeah. And like, you know, once, and then once I saw him, I was like, oh, "I gotta make sure he sticks around and you know does as well as he can." And he's champ; he's undefeated. Like you know, he started wrestling. His first official debut match was last January. Yeah, yeah. and he's undefeated. He's been undefeated since. He's yeah, champ I, in the I moment. just saw a thing on there that said yeah. something like three hundred and sixty. Yeah, so now it's up to like almost seven hundred days undefeated. Far out. Um, oh, 648 648 yeah, yeah, yeah. So oh, there's a life there's, there's a yeah there's a life counter on the IPW website um, yeah and then like another person that's doing really well and she's probably she's probably going to be moving out of New Zealand very soon is Candy Lee um, so she's out she was out she was New Zealand women's champion um, but she's Samoan and she just got back from Chicago so she's nice. wrestling in Chicago. She's been doing really well in America. She's been doing really well in Australia. Um, so I, I don't see her being in New Zealand very, very long. long. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which is great. Yeah, that's yeah, good. Has uh, there been many of those? Like America picking up some, some Kiwis? From- uh, yeah. So like Dakota Kai, definitely. Uh, WWE NXT was the biggest one. Um, yeah. So Candy Lee, she's, uh, she's probably going to pick up, be picked up very soon. Uh, and all power f- to her. And uh, when she came into the IPW gym, so um, so Candy Candy is transgender. Um, okay. And when she came into the IPW gym, because she loved wrestling, and she wanted to try to be a wrestler, but she came to IPW gym and she didn't know how she should be treated. <laughs> yeah, look. Uh, but um, because my mum had like, tons of uh Fafafina friends and when I was growing up mm. like I was just like oh it was another thing normal yeah yeah, yeah. Um, and I just said to her I was like as long as you do the work 
that's what the matter said. Yeah. And um, I would like to say she absolutely loved being she loves being a part of IBW. We we accepted her for who she was, like with open arms. Yeah. And now that she's like a bit more open about who she is, um, she's been getting fans from all around the world who love her story. Yeah. And I and I was one of the people that said like she was she was afraid to let people know, like openly. Oh, sorry, yeah. uh, openly because uh, uh, she wasn't sure how she'd be treated. And I said to her. You'll be surprised how well people will support you yeah. once 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 you're open. Like, and once you be, became more open about who she was and her story, it was like a massive weight was lifted off her shoulders. Yeah, for sure. And uh, and it was great, and she embraced it. And then now, like a lot of um, yeah, the traction she's been getting overseas is because not only is she a goddamn great wrestler, she's got a mean. She's story. got she's got a mean story that people are inspired by. Yeah, and that's one of the things and. Um, I think with myself being one of the uh, senior guys in Impact Pro Wrestling and wanting to bring our people up in this industry because it's a great industry. Yeah. Uh, you know, it has its moments where it sucks, but I just want more brown people to really uh, give it a go. Yeah. And mm. uh, see what, where, where it takes you. And one of the people that's kind of leading that charge as well is uh, Tox Fale. The underboss, uh, yeah. bad luck, Fale. Um, so he's got a dojo out in Otahu, and Tox and I have known each other for years because we went to school together. Yeah, and uh, he's got a dojo out in Otahu, and he's trying to create um, opportunities for brown people to train to be a wrestler and hopefully go to Japan and live the life that he's gone through because yeah. he's like a rock star in Japan. Wow, wow. Um, and like you know, he he brought up uh, Toa Henare with him, so Toa Henare is doing really well in New Japan as as well. So and then like you know, uh, he teams up with uh, Tamatonga and uh, Tangaloa, King Haku's sons, oh, okay. uh, as well. And so he's a huge advocate for Polynesian wrestlers, more Polynesian wrestlers. And like you know, his path is more New Japan route, uh, which is way harder. Like the training for that is extreme. Um, but like, uh, the experiences, the opportunities are immense. Like, as I said, Fale is a, Fale is a rock star in Japan. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he's a whole, he's, he's massive too. Like you can't miss him yeah. in Japan. Like this big six foot five tongue and, you know, with a tattooed head and stuff like, and then, uh, and so, um, yeah. So yeah. So him and I, we very much are about bringing our people up. And, and giving them opportunities in pro wrestling. Is is wrestling big in Australia? Like, yeah, Australia is like Australia is probably the next big um boom territory. Um so England and the UK have experienced one, uh a boom. Australia's the next one that's gonna and we've always heard rumors about NXT Australia, Australasia, yeah, Pacific or something like that. Um, and we do know that the WWE uh, people watch our stuff and Australia's stuff. So, Is, will there be like a, a Trans Pacific? Like, uh, yeah. So, yeah. So, we work. Uh, there's a few promotions in uh, in Melbourne and Sydney uh, that we work with, and we you know, their talent comes over, our talent goes over as oh, well okay. as um, kind of talent share, 
Um, so yes. they ever like a Australia versus New Zealand? Oh, uh, kind of years rivalry? ago we used to have this thing called Rival Turf, where yeah. it was like Australia versus New Zealand. We are maybe looking at revisiting that idea for Anzac Day next year because oh, nice. Anzac Day happens to fall on a Saturday next year. Yeah, and it was like, oh, that's actually a good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like they have an Anzac kind of an Australia versus Anzac New Zealand more. event. Nice. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so that's one of the ideas we're playing around. We nothing's concrete, but yeah. um, that would be dope if we could um, make that happen. Yeah, for sure, man. Do you reckon they'll have a show in Samoa just to show? Because I, I remember in um, '98 when I went back to Samoa, my uncle had recorded all the old um, WCWs that were on, like on Channel T. Yeah. So then, like for a whole week, we watched Starcade '98, which was oh '97, the one with Sting and Hogan. Was well, Sting and Hogan. Well, the whole village yep. came to my nana's house and watched it like every day, every week, and yep. every time they were surprised when the turn came when like Hogan was like because they they used to red and yellow Hogan. Yeah. So I reckon some some were like they really love. Yeah, um, oh, yeah. Someone's love uh, pro wrestling. Um, and the last time there was an event there was Peter Maivia when mm. uh, he fought Harley Race uh, oh, in Apia oh, Park. Oh, Apia Park. Yeah, I know yeah. that. Uh, King Harley Race. Yeah, so uh, yeah, it was for the it was for the NWA Heavyweight Championship. Wow! Uh, and Peter Maivia didn't win it, um, but uh, but yeah, but that was the last time. And we've always talked about maybe going to Samoa, but like um, if there's someone that would bankroll it, would definitely run the uh, show there. Yeah, for sure. Because um, that, that that would be the worst for like if someone's family's all there, and then they get fussy and injured, and then that's when you see um people coming with their subtitles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was like, yeah, it was like, uh, when I first turned heel, uh, I started using Kirikichi bat. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, so yeah, so it was just kind of cool. Like, he's like, yeah, I get to beat, you, beat all these barlings up with uh, <laughs> weapons of someone discipline. Um, and, oh, that was actually what was cool. Uh, when I defended the championship in Mahangade, it was a South Auckland street fight. And uh, and people were like, "What oh, street fight? Oh, it's not talking street fight. It's gonna be, it's gonna be brutal." It's like, ah, oh, it's like you're, it's like, it's like my mate Liam. I was like, "You're in my territory now." <laughs> so I had all these weapons uh, under the ring, and weapons that include jandals, uh, <laughs> coconut shell, yeah, a salu. Uh, oh man, you should seen the crowd. You should seen this when I pulled out the solo. The crowd were like, "Oh no!" <laughs> and it's like, it, like my mate Liam was like, "What the?" And they're like, "He's like, it's like, oh shit!" Like, he's like, Memories. Like, yeah, it's like, yeah, now now you know what it feels like. Yeah, it's like and then like, uh, what else did they have? Kevin Britton. I used one of those. Uh, that was so like Kevin Britton. I was like, man, I should use that in wrestling more. Um, if must must yeah, yeah. Uh, I had a stop sign. Uh, a couple of tables, some chairs and stuff like that, but uh, in my kitty bit. So it was just kind of funny. Like the, the crowd, like, like, it's like, oh, this is, this is crazy, but it's also funny because it's like, this is actually a Star Auckland Street Fight. Like, um, Did you get to use it? Was that? The Kitty bit. No, I didn't actually. Uh, yeah, because uh, if I did, I would have stuffed him up. Uh, no, he started, yeah, he actually cut me off from uh, using the uh, Kitty bit. But, um, but yeah, that was so much fun, that, that show. I am. Um, because my entrance music is done by King Capisi. Oh, nice. And King Caps is an old family friend of mine. Um, and so I actually had them come out and do my entrance music live. Oh, in oh nice. So yeah, so yeah, my WrestleMania entrance has <laughs> come out with King Capisi. King uh, yeah, he's, he's rapping my entrance music live and oh, stuff like that. Wow. So that was, uh, that was pretty dope. I think it's on YouTube too. 
the Impact Pro Wrestling uh, YouTube. I think that uh, the Pride Pride versus Fury uh, event should be as well as Homecoming. Actually, you could watch you could watch me slide in and uh, beat up uh, beat up everyone on, on YouTube. Um, <laughs> but yeah, but the the Pride versus Fury, I know that that matches there, and um, and it's got the entrance for me and King Caps. Oh, um, yeah, and also you know um, all the all the implements of South Auckland destruction. Um, that I used in that match. With with um, wrestling in New Zealand, um, is there much funding? Nah. For, uh, so we pretty it? much, yeah, we we have we have no outside funding. We just uh, uh, always be looking at um, like trying to get some some kind of funding behind it. I I have no idea um, if we are eligible funding for funding. We are a profit organization for-profit organizations so we can't kind of do the charity thing yeah um but auckland auckland's a really hard city to get funding in yeah just because you got so many other people yeah that's it like contesting like uh our friends in in invercargill in southern pro wrestling uh down there uh because there's nothing in invercargill uh they get uh helping from the invercargill tourism board some of the southland stuff yeah um and whatnot so yeah, because because there's because nothing else yeah, there. Well, it's much easier yeah, yeah. to get that kind of funding. Whereas for us, Auckland, yeah, in Auckland, there's everyone and their brother who's yeah, looking yeah, for funding. Yeah. So we don't really chase those avenues. Oh, okay. And as an artist, to be honest, I've never I've never uh, applied for Creative New Zealand funding until now. Um, so when people like see me traveling and doing all the conventions and stuff overseas, that's me paying out my own pocket. Um, oh, and so. End of this month is Indigenous Comic Con in yeah. Melbourne, Victoria, and it's the first Indigenous Comic Con outside of the US. Ooh. And I was like, "Well, that's close to home. Yeah. Uh, you know, I've got to go over and represent yeah. you know, the Polynesian Pacific artists." So I applied for creating New Zealand funding, not for me, but f- to be able to bring another four artists with me. Yeah, because you know, this is an opportunity to showcase Māori and Pacific artists. Yeah, yeah. In this in this kind of industry, do, uh, doing comics or in the, uh, animation or illustration, uh, commercial illustration. So um, yes, yeah, so that's the first time I've um, applied for Creative New Zealand funding. The uh, the results are out next Friday. The show is November thirtieth. So if I get the funding, yeah. then I am booking expensive flights because there's no specials and it's yeah, two yeah, weeks yeah. before the thing. But that's all right. Uh, hopefully, if I get the full funding, it's enough to cover it. But if I don't get the funding, then that's definitely going to sell my relationship with Creative New Zealand. Yeah, because mm-hmm. I've I, I know people who worked in Creative New Zealand. I've got people who work in Creative New Zealand. King PC's sister being one of them. Yeah, and I've been told by numerous people they know of me, they know of my work, but they've never come to me. Um, and if, is that a slap in the face? Well, I I did my work. Not because of Creative New Zealand, but because I love that stuff. Yeah. But then now knowing that Creative New Zealand can help, especially with travel, yeah. which costs so damn much, um, I feel like I've built my brand, my name, my body of work enough that they should be coming to me. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so that's why I'm hoping that they fund this. Because well, it's a big representation yeah. of New Zealand. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. It's, it's not Moldy for me. Pacific Island. It's not for me. It's for yeah. the others to come with me. Yeah, that's it. Like, I've done the hard work myself. Yeah. 
give me funding to bring people with me. Yeah. Because um, I will be there anyway. I'm a guest at Indigenous yeah. Comic Con. I will be there anyway. But how amazing would it be to have a small contingent of Māori and Pacific artists representing an Indigenous Comic Con in Australia. And to experience all so, of that and yeah, exactly. to showcase and what they've got. Yeah, to share our story. Yeah. Um, Do you right. think it's because they think it's too small, a smaller market? I have no idea. Uh, I've done work for WWE, like Boom mm. Studio stuff. That's being released in comic stores all around the world. My name, my last name, Mulipola, is on the cover of those comics. Like, that's a Samoan last name represented yeah, yeah. internationally in the comic market. And it's like, man, like, what, what else am I supposed to do? Like, and so because Creative New Zealand have, ne- have never really affected anywhere in my career, I could take it or leave it. Uh, but it would be, make my life so much easier if they get on board. Yeah. That's the, you know, it's like, I've already done the hard with the odds. Yeah. All you have to do is just jump on my back. Yeah. And and pay for shit. Like yeah, yeah. that's all. That's all I want. Like yeah. like travel is the biggest thing for me. Uh, you know, I've done New York Comic Con. I've done San Diego Comic Con several times. I've done Emerald City Comic Con in Seattle. WonderCon in LA. LA Comic Con. Um, I've done one uh, WrestleCon in Dallas. I do Oz Comic Cons in Melbourne, Brisbane, Sydney, uh, and all of that is through my own pocket. Like that's. Um, yeah, and it costs a ton. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, what, what was your first Comic Con in the States? Which one? Was it the San Diego one? The San Diego. My yeah. first one, I went. I went and what year up, was that? Uh, 2011. 2011 was the first San Diego Comic Con I did. It's pretty hard to get into, eh? Because you need like, a main list. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. Um, so, uh, San Diego Comic Con, because I work at, uh, worked at a comic book store, you get retailer passes. So I used retailer pass. So I didn't have to worry about passes. Now I qualify for professional accreditation, so I can get a professional badge. Um, so so if, if I wanted to go to Comic Con in San Diego, how, how would I go through? It's hard for me. Yeah, it's a, it's a lottery. It's uh, it's pretty crazy, yeah. and it's weird because they actually um, prioritize those who have gone before, and I think that's that's absolutely rubbish um, because. Um, you have tons of people who are trying to get into San Diego Comic Con to experience it for the first time. Yeah. But then you have all these people who every year get tickets, but don't go. But oh. they're just trying to keep their place in line. So when they want to go, they, they can. Uh, that's, because, that's yeah. So yeah, <laughs> because they went one year, they got the, you know, and then now they're like the, hey, you've been before, you know, you get priority. Yeah. And it's like, and then they're like, oh, I don't need to go, but I'm just going to get tickets anyway because. Mm. You know, uh, I want to keep my place in line for when I do decide to go. Is that the same with the New York Comic Con? New York Comic Con is a little bit different. New York Comic Con was a little easier. Uh, uh, But last time I went there was 2016. So I didn't know how much has changed since then. But it was definitely easier to get into. I know I had a professional badge for New York Comic Con. And how did that compare to the San Diego one? Is it? New York Comic Con was more comic oriented. Well, mm. it wasn't as like San Diego Comic Con is definitely more movies, gaming, visual media, like a uh, like I guess motion picture, TV, uh, kind of media than print. Um, so it's definitely been taken up by movie studios, television studios, the uh, channels, and all that stuff. Uh, so comic the comic thing is very small, uh, which sucks. But New York Comic Con, they have like one hall dedicated to artists. The artist alley is like one convention unto itself. 
like and I'm like this is the best like they act, this is where they how they treat artists mm. when we're San Diego you're like in this little corner yeah um, and it gets dead when Hall H is the biggest uh, drain of, uh, you know, of people uh, in San Diego. But um, yeah, New York Comic Con was like, oh, this is not, not, you don't have the massive movie studios with the massive booths and stuff. Like, there are some big booths, but it's not as full on as San Diego. And so it feels still more about pop culture and comics and, and whatnot. So yeah, so New York Comic Con was cool. New York uh, itself was all right. Uh, the city was okay, but it's weird. Like, especially when you grow up in New Zealand or stuff where you got grass and green everywhere. <laughs> like, just walking around Manhattan and all of those is just a jungle of concrete. Yeah. Yeah. Concrete jungle. And you're yeah, like, yeah. oh, it's like, oh, cool architecture, but man, it's trees. And then you go to Central Park and yay, yeah, yeah, green yeah. stuff. And then Central Park <laughs> is massive. And you're like, oh, I can only do one third of it. Um, so yeah, so like Central Park I enjoyed because again, it was like this refuge of green stuff yeah, in yeah, the middle yeah. of Manhattan Island. Um, but yeah, no, like I've I've had some great experiences at uh, the comic cons, but it just costs so much, like just to get yeah. there. I yeah. just want to touch on um the the books that you've done, the, yeah. the comic books that you that you were talking about. When when did you get like um that whole setup from like um you know like putting your name on on those books? I guess I started with just drawing comics uh like i've been drawing and, and loving comics since i was a little kid yeah like mm-hmm. it's just always been a constant in my life before you go there but there's a question we give to our guests every time and it's like where you grew up where you're from yeah so this podcast is called back of the 135 bus yeah we used to catch when we were in school so so it's like from around me from your point of view what, what bus did you catch when you were young uh so there was a couple of buses in Mangere that i would catch uh there was a 324 uh there was a 305 uh, if I if I wanted to walk down to the mining town center with my mate, then I'd catch the three five from the town center to school. Uh, but yeah, three two four and three three four were oh, okay. my were my go tos. Was that like uh, the the early bus and then the late bus? No, no. The, so <laughs> three two four would go to uh, Manukau uh, through Papatoitoi, and three three four would go to Otahu. Oh, okay. And so they they both go past my house. In my oh, area, yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like either or. Like, yeah, oh, I could catch that one or not. Um, but three five if I wanted to. Uh, save money on the stage because <laughs> uh, uh, like my house was like here and then town center's there and it's like oh it costs a bit more so if I walked out to town center save save a stage well, and, what, what it cost you back then was it 70 cents was oh it? man I can't even remember was, yeah. I remember uh, I think it was two stages once I yeah because I'd walk past the, the stage uh, boundary and I think two stages was maybe about three dollars forty or something um yeah, something like that for two stages. Yeah, I think. Man, far out. Was it? Oh, was it? Was that? Was that return? I can't remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's been yeah. so long. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, no, I think I think yeah, because I used to have like five dollars and three forty was for my bus fare, so it was there and back. <laughs> so dollar seventy. <laughs> we got the same yeah. too. <laughs> um, and then I'll, I'll make it last for two days. Yeah, and then I'd walk over to uh, to the dairy in the morning across the way from the bus stop and get like a. Uh, do you remember the Get Fresh Pies? They were like, they were like the squarish ones. Uh, they were like a dollar fifty or something like that. So I was like, oh yeah, yeah I got uh, Get Fresh. <laughs> yeah, similar, similar to Big Ben's. They yeah, they were, but like they were nicer. Were uh, they in the white packet? No, no, nah, they had they had the clear wrapping, oh, okay. but they had like Get Fresh and red, uh, and they were squarish. Oh. Um, yeah, they were. Um, 
Yeah, but they, I don't think they make them anymore. But they're, I prefer those pies yeah. like from the dairy than Big Ben. Yeah. Okay, cool. So I'm um, growing up in um, Mangadith. Like, yeah. When did you start developing love for drawing? Like, how did, oh. it, how did that start? Since I was a kid, like, since I could pick up a pencil and paper, mm-hmm. that, uh, that, that was when I started drawing. And I fell in love with comics before I started school. So comics just really inspired me just to keep drawing. And then that's kind of what happened. This is like mm-hmm. comics drawing, comics drawing. That's uh, that's pretty much what my life's been um, like since I could remember. Um, yeah. Man, that's so cool. Because that resonates with me because I, I, I'm – like I've been drawing since I was a kid. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, my drawing led into graffiti, and then um, <laughs> you know, then it started getting serious. Where like I was asking takeaways, and that you know, can I do a mural yep. on your wall, stuff like that. But like, like you, like, where, where did your inspiration for like drawing come from? Uh, comics. Comics. There's just a medium itself. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, there's a whole bunch of artists that I love this up, but it was just a medium itself that really just captured my imagination nice so i just got hooked yeah and that's all i wanted to draw you know and um i think i was very lucky to have comics as an anchor throughout my life yeah you know uh so it was like one of those things like i don't know how it's going to happen but that's what i want to do you know um yeah and somehow i made it happen uh, yeah. so um yeah but like i understand like a lot of young people Still don't know what they want to do. Still don't know what they yeah, want to be. Yeah, for sure, man. You, know? you see and, that hard out today. Yeah, and they just lost it. Like I didn't it's like, but for me, like as I said, I was so lucky to have that uh, comics as an anchor throughout my life growing up. That I had something to kind of focus yeah. towards, rather than just going, oh, maybe I, I like drawing. And uh, did maybe- your did your parents ever push you to like? You know, son, I want, I want you to play rugby. I yeah. want you to be a, uh, you know. So my mum uh, was amazing. Uh, in, in that respect because she was the black sheep of her family yeah she was the rebel um she used to get in trouble and stuff you yeah. go out late and stuff so she had that kind of uh free spirit nice. um vibe and so she kind of allowed me the freedom to be who i am and do what i love yeah so she never gave me restrictions on what i can do what i can yeah, be yeah. um she just allowed me that freedom to to discover my love nice. or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, and I understand, like, especially with Polynesians, you know, that's a, that's a luxury that, yeah. many, that many don't have. Um, and, uh, yeah, my mom used to, you know, she used to work at the University of Auckland as a receptionist uh, in the School of Eng- Engineering, Mechanical Engineering in the department there. And so, like, on weekends, if she had to do some work, we'd catch the bus into town, she'd do her work, and then she'd take me down to the comic store. And oh, so man. she helped foster that love as yeah, well because yeah, yeah. she knew I loved it. Yeah. So she's like, oh, I always get to comic store. And so she'll take me to the comic store and, and get some comics as well. So uh, she never, she always actively encouraged, you know, what is, you know, that I loved. I remember when I was a kid, um, comic book stores were around, you know, like more than what it is yeah. now. You know, like uh, I think they had, what was it, Heroes? Yeah, Heroes yeah, so, yeah. So back in the 90s in the, the big boom period of. There was uh, Mark uh, One downtown. Yeah, modern yeah. Re- uh, comics and stuff. There was Mark One, there was Heroes for Sale, there was Ground Zero, there was, uh, was it, uh, Pop Culture, there was, uh, uh, Old Bookseller, there was, what else was there? Uh, there was like a ton on Card Crazy, Comic Crazy, yeah. like as well. Um, yeah, and then uh, they all essentially just shot each other in the foot 
they just priced each other out of business. Out of business. Yeah. And just like, so yeah, so now there's only essentially two comic book stores in Auckland. Yeah, well. Uh, there's Harris for Sale on K Road and then uh, Arkham City Comics Store in Royal Oak where I work. So, um, well, why yeah. do you think you guys survive Heroes and Arkham? Oh, because we have, we have a gentleman's agreement of not doing the stupid shit that they did in the 90s. <laughs> we're just like, yeah, we're learning from those fools. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So, yeah, and like uh, for Arkham City Comics, we have um, we have a different kind of clientele. We we specialize in older comics, back issues. Uh, Heroes sell uh, predominantly, oh, no, pretty much exclusively new comics um and stuff so so yeah so we have our different audiences different crowds um so yeah you know as you're um coming up like drawing and that at what point did you realize that this is something i could make a living from um the biggest the biggest moment that i was like oh shit i can actually do this was that first san diego comic con trip but also how i got to that san diego comic con trip (laughs) So I'm not too sure if you've uh, kind of talked about uh, or seen any of my stuff. There's tons of information about me on the internet. Too much, in fact. But um, <laughs> but I won a Facebook competition. Um, so V Energy Drinks. Uh, if you if, if you're searching for uh, stuff, um, go to blazesalmon.com. Check out my website. I've just updated it too. Um, nice, nice, and. So, so V Energy Drinks had a Facebook competition, uh, and uh, it was called "Pimp My Pimp My Life," and they were asking people to let V know how they could pimp their lives to the amount of ten thousand dollars, and um, bloody bloody someone dot com, yeah. So yeah, so I remember I said I had some friends who entered this competition, and it kept popping up on my newsfeed on Facebook. I was like, oh, what is this? So yeah, oh, let me just take a look at this stuff. So I took a look at it, and I was just hundreds and hundreds of different entries yeah. about the same old shit it was pretty much like put my bills put my wedding put my ride <laughs> put my house put my this and that and all of a sudden it was like oh it's the same old stuff just over and over and over again and i'm like where's where's the cool stuff where's the different stuff and i was like well screw it i'm gonna be the i'm gonna be the point of difference so i um i entered the competition and the cool thing about this is that you got one image to go with your your entry and i entered saying that i'm an aspiring comic book artist and with the money i want to go to San Diego comic con uh not to get work so here's the thing i've never thought that i was so good that people will offer me jobs i wanted to go to San Diego comic con to show off my work to get advice on what i can do to be better and i did a two-page comic of uh a v energy drink superhero oh. and i entered that uh, into the competition as soon as I entered that the V Energy drinks like highlighted they're like check out this yeah 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 and I was like and then people were like whoa that's dope kind of thing um, and so straight away I caught the attention of the organizers uh, by being a point of difference yeah 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 and so long story short after a few months uh, I won I won $10,000 uh, <laughs> from V Energy drinks and when that money came again I knew growing up in Mangere this was money that I would never have yeah, been able yeah, to access sure. um, without being on Crime Watch. But, <laughs> um, so I knew this was an opportunity for me to actually make this stuff happen. So with that money, um, half of it I spent on 
art supplies because art supplies are expensive as fuck. Yeah. Uh, updated my computer. Um, bought bits and pieces, and that still left me with half, you know, half five grand to go to America. So I went to San Diego Comic Con, and there I had my portfolio. And back then, DC Comics uh, had a like a cubbyhole in their booth, and you can kind of put your portfolios in, and then they review them. Editors review them, and then you could get a callback if they see anything they like. And so I was like, I traveled 14 hours yeah, yeah. Like, to be here. There's no fucking way that I'm not giving this a shot. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I entered my portfolio into the DC Comics booth and just like, let's see what happens. Uh, the following day, I go back to the DC booth and there's my name on the board. Far so out. one of the editors saw potential in my work. And wow. though I never worked, have done work for DC Comics, uh, that interaction and the experience was the affirmation I needed to know I could do this. Yeah, yeah. Like, and so I came home with renewed vigor. I was like, yeah, I can do this now. And that was the, that was the moment. Like, it was like again, it's a chain reaction of all these things. Yeah, to make that happen. But that was the moment where I was like, I can do this. Did anything else pop off from that? Uh, no, like, nothing. No? So it's crazy because uh, I remember looking at, I remember posting that photo again of the names on the board. Yeah. And I looked at the names on the board, and Robbie Rodriguez is one of the names. And Robbie Rodriguez is the co-creator of Spider Gwen. Um, and um, and I was just like, oh damn! And then there's like this other guy, Jerry Gaylord, who I've gotten to know since then, uh, who does animation for Warner Brothers and the Justice League stuff. Uh, real amazing artist as well, cool dude. So I was like, man, like there's yeah. a couple of names in there that have gone on to do some cool stuff, like. That's crazy. But that um, would have been so bad, like, being up there with, you know, those names. Yeah. And that. Well, like, back then, we were just aspiring artists. We were just doing our thing. And then now, like, since then, that was, what, 2011. Yeah, yeah. You know, those guys have done their thing. I've done my thing and stuff. It's like, whoa, yeah, damn, yeah. This, this is dope. Um, and, yeah, and so that first San Diego Comic-Con, that totally changed the trajectory of my career. So not only did I have that uh, DC Comics uh, moment, uh, that was also the place that I met Michael Kingston, who's the writer and creator of Headlocked. Um, and Headlocked is the comic, the graphic novel series that uh, got me noticed um, for the WWE stuff. Because Headlocked is a wrestling graphic novel. Uh, Jerry the King Lawler provides the artwork for the covers. Uh, we've worked with like Rob Van Dam, Hurricane. Um, you know, any wrestler who's a comic book fan, most of them, or 90% of them have done stuff for Headlocked. Uh, mm. We've done stuff with AJ Styles. Um, I've done stuff with Samoa Joe. Um, and our latest book has a story by Ric Flair, uh, Cody Rhodes, Kenny Omega, um, Pentagon, stuff like that. Like, it's crazy. Uh, Mick Foley as well. And, um, and so, yeah, so through the Headlock stuff, like we've done, the fourth volume has just been released now. Um Yep. So yeah. So that's uh, you're checking out the Headlock the website. So uh, Michael Kingston's based in New York as well. So he does all the like big conventions, uh, wrestling shows as well. Yeah. That motherfucker uh, <laughs> sent me a photo because he usually is at WrestleCon, which is usually in the same city as WrestleMania. That motherfucker sent me a photo of him watching WrestleMania in the hotel lobby, a bar in the hotel lobby. 
with Stone Cold motherfucking Steve Austin. Oh, shit. If I was at WrestleCon, I would be there. Like, so you see me the photo, I'm like, you fucking bastard. I'm stuck in New Zealand. I'm stuck in New Zealand. And, and you're, you're it's like, uh, so, yeah, so he's the guy that does, Michael does all the, the hard yards, the, the, the legwork and creating, um, friendships and relationships with all these wrestlers. Um, uh, in terms of headlocked, I've been told John Cena's a fan. Uh, Ronda Rousey loves the book. Uh, Nijax as well has copies. Um, yeah, it's crazy. It's, um, yeah, it's, uh, like through headlocked. Um, if you, if you go back to my website and you go to the headlocked, um, then you'll see all like, all the wrestlers and stuff like, uh, me and me and Rey Mysterio from San Diego last year. Um, you know, AJ Styles from my book, Samuel Joe with my book, uh, Fale, uh, hooked, hooked me up with a photo of the Bullet Club with my book. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's a me and Lita Ooh, as well. Such a slaughter. Yeah, uh, so yeah, New York Comic Con earlier, uh, in October, I wasn't there, but we had like Hall and Nash, and such a slaughter and, and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, it's kind of crazy. Like, uh, I've, I've hung out with Mick Foley, I've hung out with Ric Flair, Man, uh, King like? Lawler. Um, I, Mick, uh, Mick definitely, uh, like, he's, he's quite funny. Uh, yeah, he's quite fun. It was him and his daughter, Noel. Yeah. Um, who's actually really hot. It's like, whoa. <laughs> um, and, uh, Rick Flair, like, you could tell that that dude, like, knows how to party. Yeah. Um, and it was crazy because at the headlock booth, there's Jerry the King and Lola to the left of me and Rick Flair to the right of me, right? And me and Jerry are having a conversation. And it's new at Comic-Con. It's Comic-Con. So you see amazing cosplay, right? Yeah. So in the distance, we see this costume. We're like, oh, that's a dope costume. Like, that looks legit. And we're like, and so me and Jerry are talking about that. And then we go back to our conversation. As we're talking, that cosplayer comes up to us. He's like, hey, Jerry. Hey, Rick. And we look up and we're like, oh, shit. It was the real Sting. Uh, in full costume. Uh, I'm not sure. It's a photo. I'm just trying to think. If you go down, it's the photo of Sting. Have I added that That's to? Um, yeah, there it is. Um, yeah. Damn. <laughs> so yeah, so it was just like, oh shit, it's a real thing. Um, yeah, in full gear. He was uh, filming some stuff on Nickelodeon uh, and whatnot. But yeah, I'm just like, man, what's this? You know, someone kid from Mang and they find yeah, himself yeah. in these situations, stuff like that. So yeah, it's kind of crazy. Um, yeah, wow. some of the interactions I get, and there's some of the support I have for Headlocked. Um, through my work and stuff like I don't know if you watch uh, Yo Gabba Gabba but like man to see uh, you know, DJ Lantarak is like yeah was, uh, that was dope was like, Yo Gabba Gabba um, yeah you know uh, when you won that uh, V competition yep. which sent you to um, States um, at that point you were obviously a wrestling fan were you wrestling at that time? yeah yeah I was, I was wrestling yeah, so, so, so when you got involved with the, um, Headlocked that effective, effectively joined your two passions yep Exactly, and that's oh, one no. of the oh, That's amazing. That's yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's Two birds, why, one stone. Yeah. Oh, that's like... So, yeah, so Mike had his... He, he had some headlock stuff already um, released at San Diego Comic-Con. And I walked up to him and I was like, oh, hey, man, I'm a New Zealand... I'm a combo artist and professional wrestler from New Zealand. He's like, oh, hey, man, nice to meet you. And he goes, oh, do you have any of your stuff? Goes, yeah, I got my portfolio. Show it to him. He's like, oh, dude, you fucking, you're fucking awesome. Like, yeah. we got to do something, dude. Oh shit! Um, so the so yeah, so I went back to San Diego the following year, and we did a, a short book together. And he was like, he was like, man, I've never, I've never had an experience where I didn't have to give notes. <laughs> like, like he's like, you, you 
you killed the dude. It's like, yeah, yeah. and it's like, what's cool is that as a pro wrestler, um, he doesn't have to like ask me like, oh, do you know what this move is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. He'll ask me. He'll be like, oh, so if in the book, if I have to teach someone how to do this, how like, oh, okay, so this, <laughs> so like, so. Essentially, he has someone in the business that can uh, that he can bounce ideas off. Um, and because of my experience as a professional wrestler, that's what has um, made all these other professional wrestlers love the book. Because when I draw the wrestling action, I throw in little Easter eggs for wrestlers. Um, to who like you know what you yeah, see? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just nice. do. And so one of the coolest things is like getting. Um, getting uh compliments from people like christopher daniels frankie kazarian and other wrestlers who love comics to come up to me like dude we love we love how you illustrate this like yeah, yeah, yeah. we saw that we're like ah oh, this guy knows this yeah, stuff yeah, yeah. and uh and like other wrestlers like hey how do you know how to bump so i'm a workout they're like oh yeah we're watching it we're reading it it's like oh so yeah, good yeah. like it's exactly like yeah i teach the stuff too and uh and it was kind of cool to have again more affirmation of what I've learned here in New Zealand as a professional wrestler translates to overseas yeah. as well, and I guess the proof is in people like Dakota Kai and Toa Henry yeah. and like Travis Banks and that who came from IPW and went out with like IPW gives you a solid foundation. And I tell people that the training you get uh, and the work and experience you get in Impact Pro Wrestling gives you a solid foundation to build upon once you go overseas. Mm. Um and so yeah so um that's why I'm always proud of people who have gone overseas to chase that dream and have found success because they've built upon the foundation we've given them at IPW. So yeah, um, you know with um sorry you know how they make this graphic novel you do they do they write the story first and then they then they tell you what's draw or do you just read the story and then you take ideas from it and how you think it would look. Yeah, it all depends on the writer. Um, okay. So different writers have different uh, approaches to the script. Um, a lot of times there'll be like the dialogue and panel breakdowns. So like how many panels are on the page and also like a, a rough description of what's in the panel. And so, um, so yeah, so we just kind of, it just allows me some freedom to kind of do what I want to do uh, with the page. And sometimes I'll change it up. Like yeah. I'll be like, oh, actually that doesn't work. I'll, I'll do this instead and I'll, I let the writer know and you go, oh man, that works so much better. Yeah. So there's, there is a, uh, the one of the things I love about comics is, uh, the collaborative aspect of it. Um, and working with people and, and people always ask me if I have my own stories to tell. And I, I, I probably, I do, but nothing on my plate at the moment. Um, I actually really do enjoy the challenge of bringing other people's words to life. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, because again, like I'm not so, close to the creation of that story that I can step back and, and kind of look at it at a different angle but if you're doing everything yourself you're constantly combing over everything yeah, 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 just making yeah. sure it's this and that so um, yeah um, but is that different like in, in the work like um, like on the cards for you uh, yeah uh, so I, I do have one story I've uh, I've got a script for that I need to finish I've done four pages of like 22 pages and 22 pages is real easy so I should be able to do it. I've just been so busy doing everything else. Yeah. Um, one question a lot of people ask me about is like, oh, have you ever thought of doing a, a Salmon superhero? And yeah. it's like, for me, the story comes first. Yeah. As a comic book artist, uh, as a wrestler, I'm a storyteller. 
and the story comes first. And I'm not going to create the Samoan superhero just for the sake of creating yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. Because then sure. it becomes a, an empty, uh, an empty creation. Yeah, there's it becomes a cash grab. Yeah. And I've seen it so many times over the years where people are like, oh, it's Samoan superhero and it's real shit. Yeah. But people are like, oh, look, Samoan superhero. And it's like, I talk about, I talk about, um, his name's Afi. Talk about Afi. Oh fuck! <laughs> <laughs> yes, oh, I'm surprised you know about Afi. Uh, yeah, but yeah, that's definitely a prime example of cash grabs. Uh, he didn't know what the fuck he was doing, and they just made this ridiculously stupid uh, creation. But people are like, "Someone superhero." Um, yeah, and um, yeah, for me, yeah, the story comes first. Mm. Like, because I want, I want to create something of substance. Wasn't there a um? Like a Samoan X-Men? Mo- yeah. Mondo? Mondo, yeah. Mondo? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mondo, yeah, yeah. Mondo, yeah. yeah. Generation X. Generation, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, Mondo. Uh, but he died, eh? Early. Oh, yeah? yeah. yeah. Oh, I, um, I remember I had his uh, X-Men card. Yeah. Yeah, 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 Mondo. He's, uh, I think he's American <clears throat> Samoan. Oh. Um, <laughs> yeah. His, uh, he's from, he's from, he's from Pango Pango. <laughs> yeah, from Pango Pango. Yeah. Um, in, in fact, when, when I first started getting into comics, I used to read comics when I was younger. I got into X Men, yeah. and it was it was when um it was when X Men were in the they were based in Australia, and um they had oh, a, a yeah. Aborigine, yeah, yeah, Aborigine yeah, yeah. Um, Gateway in yeah, yeah. G- Gateway sending them around the world and stuff yeah oh yeah, true. so that's when I got into it. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah the the Reavers and stuff and yeah, yeah the Wolverine stuff yeah never heard of this I'd never heard there was a Samoan X Men yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, with your um like uh, drawing and that did you ever go to school for it. Or was it just all raw? <laughs> no, no school. Uh, so it's funny. Uh, at school, I actually had really good art teachers, um, and they knew me, and they knew like my rebellious nature. Yeah, and I inherited from my mum. Um, <laughs> like whenever we had to do art stuff, I would always be drawing like comic style. Like I, I kind of, I process things as lines. Yeah, like I'm re- mm-hmm. I really love line work, and. So like when it's like painting, like my my line work would be really heavy, and they'll be like, oh, you know, then two things like, oh, this is how I see yeah, things. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of my a lot of my art teachers kind of allowed me to do that. Yeah, yeah. Because they knew that was my thing. Um, but when I was looking at art schools, I did take a look at uh, freelance art school, you know, the animation school. It was cool, but again, it wasn't what I wanted to learn. Yeah. And so all the art schools that I'd seen, uh were A, very expensive for a kid from Angeli and B, weren't teaching what I wanted to learn. Yeah. And so rather than going to student debt, um, I decided to focus their energy into making comics. So I just learned by doing it. Uh, was there like not much options like back then? Or? Oh, there's still no options now. Like <laughs> that's the thing, like comics is still a very underappreciated uh, artwork in terms of uh, education yeah, yeah. Uh, programs. Um, that's why, you know, it always falls on us, the practitioners, yeah, to teach. And it's really hard because we've been doing it for so long and it's become a lot of stuff's become second nature. It's actually really hard to quantify mm. our processes. Yeah. Um and yeah, no, yeah, comics like comics are more accepted now in schools and libraries, which is amazing. Mm. But in terms of like courses and teaching and yeah. stuff, there's no one that can really there's no expertise um except for those who are actually doing the work uh, to teach it. And so... Especially with, um, especially with um, with graphic novels. Yeah. Because now they're being produced into um, movies now. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, like, my friend Ant Sang, 
you know, a great friend of mine, amazing New Zealand comic artist. He's also the character designer for Brotown. Um, cool. He teaches, I, th- I don't know how many classes he teaches, but he teaches comics at MIT. Um, so there's something, something, but again, he's a practitioner. Yeah. Like, so it's not like, hey, I studied comics and now yeah, I get yeah, to be yeah. a teacher of comics. Yeah, it's like, yeah. no, we make comics. Now we're teaching you, you know, how we make comics yeah. because yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's, yeah. So even now, uh, there is a lot of crossover. A lot of animation students love comics, but you know, they're not necessarily teaching comics. Yeah. Is um, it, sim- is it similar overseas? Like now overseas, like, uh, there are certain markets like, uh, America, there's like the Joe Cubit school for mm-hmm. comics. Um, that's, that's pretty cool. Um, there's also SCAD, uh, Southern California art. School of Southern California Art and Design School, we're saying, uh, has produced a lot of uh, amazing comic artists through there. Um, you know, there's the Japanese stuff in you know, Europe. You know, there's schools around, but um, yeah, usually the the places where comics are seen as uh, low level, um, that doesn't have the uh, status to, uh, I guess, require a, a school. For comics, um, and I, I wish all of that stuff was around like when I was at school because when I was at school, I I've I failed at everything except for my art. Yeah, I came third in my class for my school seat for my art, and then afterwards it was like, like I knew I was good at it, but then there was like, oh, where do I go from here? Yeah, you know, there was no, mm. there was no yeah. one to say, you know, oh, you you can do this, you know, you can go to this school or that yeah. school or you know, do things like that. Yeah. And it ended up becoming, nah, you, you got to get a job. Yeah. No, exactly. So, like, for me... So, we I, can change that, though. We yeah. change that right now. Yeah. So, like, now uh, there's way more opportunities. Uh, people can make their own opportunities through the internet now. Yeah. Know, web comics and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Getting stuff out there is so much easier <laughs> yeah. to do now. But then that also makes it easier for everyone else to get this stuff out there. So, you can just, so like, it, it's a double-edged sword where you could get your work much easier out there now. But you can also get lost in the shuffle. Yeah. Um, but then the animation schools and stuff, like they work very closely with uh, animation, uh, the animation industry and uh, creating animated programs, but also gaming. Uh, animators and gamers in the, in the gaming industry are um, in high demand. So uh, there's an actual pathway now for a lot of animation school students to go into the industry. Uh, and there's like, Grinding Gears, who have... They used to be in uh, Tutarangi. Now they're out in Henderson. Uh, they make Path of Exile. Uh, so they're a, a local-based um, you know, gaming company. There's Pickpock and Wellington yeah. and stuff like that. There's Yeah, yeah. So, oh. so animation is where it's at. Like comics, no. That's, that's so bad <laughs> that it fucks me off. <laughs> like, uh, it wasn't around, you know, yeah. back then. And um, yeah, yeah, so like comics, not. Uh, animation, definitely uh, if you want to get into art and make money, get into advertising because there's shitloads of money in advertising. Uh, I do storyboards for advertising as well. Oh, uh, nice. And I'm always like, man, just that. Okay. Oh, I'm getting paid for that. Oh, okay. It's like, oh, man, true. like compared to, compared to like what I do in comics, I'm like, oh, there's yeah, easy yeah. shit. And yeah, then I get yeah, paid yeah. like five times as much um, oh. just for like real easy shit. Like, yeah, okay. yeah. And sometimes I get paid in Australian dollars. I'm like, oh, cool. Um, man. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so yeah, if, you, if you're if you an artist and you want to make money as an artist, get into advertising. Don't draw comics. Uh, <laughs> but like, you no, know, comics is what I love. Yeah, it's yeah. Something mm-hmm. I, uh, but like any opportunity to illustrate, 
and get paid for it it's like man that's 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 pretty cool there's there's a lot of stuff out now like for like illustration and um uh doing all that computer work and that now we yeah yeah again technology you know um has made it much easier to get your work out there create work yeah there's so many different mediums and uh, tools to use now um you know some people may not be able to draw but they can sculpt yeah, you know, digital sculpting and stuff like you know. So like I was buzzing out how far Adobe has come. Like uh, when I had it way back yeah. on my computer, like now they've got like Adobe Illustrator, Adobe, like, yeah, or all of those along there. No, yeah. So no, yeah. So like the the world's much uh, better for artists now. Uh, pay maybe not so much depending on the industry. Uh, you know, people still see art as uh, a hobby, mm. not as an actual career. Mm. You know, as actual uh, work, um, but no, yeah, it's it's, it's pretty choice, and it's like one of the things I tell people too is like, um, I'm kind of what happens when you don't stop drawing. Like that's yeah. you know, like again, Polynesians, we, we're so artistic, uh, you know, and everything we do, we, yeah, no we forms, like, eh? yeah, um, and you know, I saw some amazing <coughs> artists when I was at school, yeah. And then afterwards, it went nowhere because life gets in the way. Well, that's it, man. And the family, like I, and we all understand that. Yeah, but like for me, I'm just like, hey, look at what happens if yeah, you yeah. don't stop drawing. Yeah. Like this is the question I get to do. Um, oh, so no. yeah, so uh, that's why I do a lot of school talks, school visits. I share my story. That's why there's plenty of information about me on the internet. Yeah, because uh, it allows anyone who's looking to find someone like them. You know, How did that come about? Like you in schools? Um, so Jandals uh, from New FM. Yeah. Uh, he's the coordinator for Duffy Books and Homes. And I've known him for years, uh, especially because he, he's a wrestling fan. Yeah. Uh, and years ago, um, him, Nate, and Ruben Wiki came to IPW Gym for the State of Origin. Yeah. One um, of their bits. Yeah, the bits. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so we got to beat up Nate. Um <laughs> And, uh, yeah, so I've known Jandals for years. And then when he became the Duffy coordinator, he was like, bro, I think you'd be pretty good as a as a role model visiting schools. I'm like, hell yeah. Like, I'll do it. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, for me, like, as a kid <coughs> who grew up wanting to do something different. Yeah. Like, especially for Polynesians. something Wanting to do something different. Had dared to be different. Uh, I want to show our kids what's possible. Yeah. You know, and so I was like, yeah, man, let's do it. And so every time, because the, there's Duffy Role Model Assembly uh, blocks every two uh, two blocks a year, uh, March, April, and then September. And so uh, every every block, I tell Jandals that I will do as many schools as I can in that block. I can do up to like 10 to 12 schools in one week. Yeah. Uh, three schools a day. Um, all around Auckland, sometimes in Wellington. Oh, they sent me down to Wellington. They're like the Wellington thing, I kind of, I kind of, uh, not necessarily scammed him, but <laughs> I, but I planned it because like uh, the first block of Duffy Books and Homes visits um, at the end of the, the last week is like usually Armageddon, Wellington. Yeah. So I said to them, I said, "Hey, do you want to send me? I'm going down to Armageddon, Wellington. Do you want, to, do you want me to go down the day early or something visit some schools?" And they're like, "Can we send you for the whole week?" Like, we'll pay for your flights and your accommodation <laughs> and your you travel and you hire a car. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so, 
And then you pay for me to go down to Wellington. I visit schools, which I absolutely love. Yeah. And then I get to spend the weekend at again. So awesome. Uh, mm. So win-win. Um, so yeah, so the last couple of, last three years I've been doing Wellington schools and then again at the end of the week. Nice. Um, but it's, it's kind of cool um, to do that stuff. As I said, because Duffy Books and Homes provides free books for low decile schools, a lot of those schools have brown kids. Yeah. And so my visits, like they get to see a brown person like them who gets to do all this cool stuff. Yeah. Um, gets to meet all these amazing people. He gets to go to all these these places and stuff. I'm pretty much breaking um, that barrier. Eh? Yeah. Mm. And then and then the fact that I've also I also do school journals. So a lot of the school journals I do, the kids were like, I've read that. Because yeah, 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 I illustrated yeah. that. So uh, so I also have that connection with the kids at school where like they may have read something that I've illustrated yeah. through school journals or uh, they go and find those school journals after my visit yeah, yeah, because yeah. they like now they have that personal connection to that story. Yeah. They're like, oh, that's that guy that came to our school. Like, let's go read the yeah, school yeah, journal. Yeah, yeah. So like anything that gets kids reading, like I'm all for it. Wow. Like, oh, as, no. I mean, like, as a kid growing up who loved comics, loved drawing, I was, I was a massive geek. I still am a massive geek. Uh, and I used to get shit for it. Yeah. You know, I, it was funny too because you may, may not look like it, but I used to have long hair uh, when I was a kid. <laughs> and uh, so long-haired kid who would read comics, who would draw, read dinosaur books while all the cool kids are playing Kiss and Catch. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so like I wasn't the cool kid. That's yeah. the thing. Like I was never the cool kid at school. Uh, but now I'm the cool kid. Like, yeah, 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 <laughs> like yeah. um, it's like, yeah, but it was like, it was one of those things where, um, uh, again, like having that rebellious nature, like my mother, um, daring to be different, not caring to be different. Mm. Again, like, even like it sucked when you're a kid, like, you know, being an outsider, not being like with the cool kids. But like, I think that helped me with uh, adversity. Yeah. Cause like now I think back, it's like, even though I used to get teased and shit like that, and it was never part of the crew, I still stuck with what I loved. Yeah. Drawing, comics, and stuff. And now, I, now I'm still doing that stuff now. Yeah. So um, so it was something I learned through all of that and um, that tenacity. And then growing up in Mangere as well, South Auckland, yeah. you know, you, you get all that shit that people talk about. It's funny you say that because yeah. I think that's the reason why I stopped reading comics because I was getting teased and all that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, it's the same thing I, I tell people is like, um, you either you either break the cycle or you, mm. you join it, right? Yeah. And uh, for me, growing up in South Auckland, you know, people always talk about South Auckland being dangerous and, you know, yeah. brown people and all that Nothing stuff. Nothing good comes out of yeah. South Auckland. And I was like, I was like that, like, if you grow up in those kind of neighborhoods, West Auckland, South Auckland, and you know, East as well, and, you know, all the, where all the brown people are, um, you, you get used to that adversity mm. and you can either, um, bend to it or look it down the barrel and just go what else you got yeah you know? what you got well, you i think know? that gives us thicker skinny yeah and and you know? yeah so uh for me i i guess this is that's what built in like ingrained and in, to everything i've done yeah in, in my life so far is just daring to be different not caring about what other people say because people will be talking shit anyway yeah uh it's like you can talk shit but i'll be doing shit yeah like, you, know? <laughs> you know um so, because like we're all stereotyped as like um you know, sports players yeah. or, you know, it's never outside the box, like, you know, artists or, you know, w- yeah. whatever it may be. But 
you know, we're always put in this box where you're either a sports player or you're, yeah. uh, you know, a bum or you a know, criminal or something. Yeah, yeah criminal. Like, yeah, 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 that's it. Um, yeah, and it's funny too because, like, even in the Pacific Arts, like Pacific Arts, um, graffiti art, yeah, they get more rub than I do. Far up. Like, craving in New Zealand, fucking bend over for all the Pacific artists who have, like, hey, look, here's my Tivaivai patterns and here's my, you know, uh, you know, tupper patterns and stuff. <laughs> and, and, like, you know, here's my, here's my, you know, the usual kind of fine art, yeah, you know, yeah. what people think of when you hear Pacific art in the fine art world. And then graffiti art as well, yeah. muralists and stuff, like, you know, who do amazing work. They get, they get more attention from Craving New Zealand than I do. Like, because, so even, being an outsider in the New Zealand comics industry, being brown and doing it as big as I do, I'm still an outsider in the kind of um, was it established Pacific Arts community. But, but why is that though? Why? It's it's because the discipline I've I've I specialize in, no one else is doing. Again, it's yeah, that yeah, yeah. it's that it's it's not seen as Pacific art. Um, but once you bring out the Samoan comic book, comic yeah, book, so that's then the thing. you'll get a, yeah, you'll yeah, get but but like again, I don't want to do that just <laughs> yeah, to, just for you know, it's like, grab or yeah, yeah. attention. Yeah, it's like uh, I, you sure, know, um, you know, I could. It's like fuck, I'd I'd kill if I did one. Like yeah. you know, this, this, I I know that, but yeah. but then it just feel shallow, and then you know, um, even nothing, though nothing behind yeah, it, even though my art is designed to be consumed and is very commercial in nature. Um, it still doesn't mean that what I create is empty. Yeah. Is void of like any emotion or part of me, you know? Um, and I think that's what it is, is it's not seen as, um, the high art, you know? Um, it's not seen as something to make the viewer contemplate, yeah. you know, um, life and its journeys and all that stuff. And it's like, yeah, and so I think that it's it's the lack of understanding the medium in which I specialize in um, is yeah, is part and parcel of the thing. It's like for Korean New Zealand, there's a the normal Korean New Zealand. There's also the Pacifica uh, Arts Wing. I'm definitely too brown to be in Korean New Zealand, but my artwork is not brown enough for Pacifica art. You know what and I mean? Avoid. Like, yeah, like it's, it's, it's like I'm, I'm and, that, and that's how I've always pictured. It. That's why I was, uh, that's why I decided to apply for funding for Korean New Zealand about bringing people with me. Does that piss you off? Well, as I said, because it's pissing me off now. As, well, as I said, like people can talk shit, but I'll just be busy doing shit. Like, that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I'm too busy doing so much shit that. I don't have time to worry about that. Yeah. Like, that's, like, it would be awesome if it happened, but, like, I still got shit to do, so yeah. I'm not going to worry about that. If it comes, it comes. You yeah. know? Uh, if it doesn't, then I'll just change tactic. Like, mm. that's, I think, um, see so yeah. you. I think the path that you're taking in terms of, like, building up comic book or illustrations for, like, Islanders is an important one. I think um, you're going to have, the way the way culture is going, I think yeah. there's going to be a lot more Pacific Island artists coming up. Or what personally, I think, and with the way impact you have with the kids, I think. Um, what's one thing you you would tell them as a brown person navigating like the space 
was predominantly kind yeah. of buying. Uh, fuck white people. Uh, <laughs> um, it's, uh, nah, um, yeah, it's, it's kind of the same stuff. We're like, uh, my, my personal mantra is do the work and don't be a dick. That's it. Nice. That's, 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 that must be <laughs> quote of the week yes. for the next 52 <laughs> weeks, bro. Uh, that's only a tattooed right here. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's like, for me, that's the secret to success. Yeah. Doing the work and not being a dick. Yeah. And it's crazy how many people don't follow that second part. <laughs> um, it's, it's funny how it's that simple, like, yeah. but it's, what yeah. else is so hard to so, get. so like in, in, in my experiences you have to be the fucking man to be an absolute dick and still get work <laughs> right? because a lot of times when you're dealing with people and dealing with work people don't want to deal with their shit yeah right? yeah 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 hard up and so like you have to be like super talented like the absolute man yeah, yeah. Like, oh, we'll deal with the shit because, with this asshole, <laughs> yeah <man>. but like <laughs> if if your work is good enough and you're a great person to, to deal with. Um, more often than not, you get the jobs. Yeah, because you're like, oh yeah, this guy's really good. Great like, to you know, work with. Gets the work done on time. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a good standard. Great to work with. Let's hit them yeah. up. Um, and so yeah, so that's that's why I was just like, yeah, do the work. Don't be a dick. Yeah, it's as simple as that. Um, and so that would be my advice for anyone. Uh, you know, white, brown, yellow. <laughs> Gay, straight, mm. transgender, do the work. Don't be a dick. It's as simple as that. Do you, yeah. do you have like um like a baby, something that like you hold like real close to you? Like say like you got the books, got the comics, the wrestling. Um, well, comics is my main thing, but uh, as an artist, I hate everything I draw. <laughs> and so, again, because of the commercial nature of my work, uh, with Headlocked, I'm drawing 115 pages. Far up. So I don't, I can't afford to be precious with my work. Oh, okay. I just get it done, get it out there. Like, um, and some people are like, oh, you know, they, they like the sound of that. Again, yeah. I think that's what makes me different from the fine art world because yeah. the fine art world, you, you get, you take as much time as you want to curate your artwork to as good as possible as you want it to. For me, I don't have that luxury. Yeah. Um, you know, I have deadlines. Uh, I gotta get stuff done. Um, and so, 115 pages. If I look at them and go, oh, I gotta make sure every page is perfect. I won't get it done. So I get one done and just move on to the next one. I'm constantly just thinking about the next. And yeah. Going out. Yeah. And going out. I'm constantly thinking about the next, uh, the next page, the next project, um, and just taking each of those steps forward. Was that hard? Like as an artist, or did that just come like, or was that business? Letting go. Um, I think a bit of both. Um, just understanding that you need to let go of your artwork, and some some artists, a lot of artists actually, uh, are too precious with their artwork. They don't want to let it go. They yeah. don't want to put it out into the world. Because I'm like that. Like yeah. I still got drawings from when I was a kid. Yeah. So I don't have any drawings from when I was a kid because I don't care for them. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so for me, it's like, like it's 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 a, it's a little sad, but it's also like, um, you know, it's just the nature of my work. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, like I know there's each to their own, but yeah, yeah. That that's hard for me to to like process. Like, I I see everything as my baby kind yeah. of thing, you know. Um. Yeah. So yeah. So that's 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 kind of the nature of my work. Just 
constantly getting stuff done and moving on to the next one. Um, I I do uh, subscribe to the finished, not perfect uh, school of art. Mm. Um, just get it done. Yeah. And I tell a lot of aspiring artists who are stuck, they're like, oh, I just don't know how I can improve and stuff. And I was like, finish your shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, finish your shit because you learn so much by finishing something. Yeah, because uh, you can take a step back, take a look at what you've done, what you've completed, uh, seeing what you did well, seeing what you didn't do so well, and learning from that. You know, um, so yeah. How, how, like, if you're not perfecting your you, you like your drawings and that, how how can it like um, so like your portfolio and that is that of your best? stuff like that you show to you know the people like at your comic-com like what like where's the difference like from the stuff that you're saying push it out push it out push yeah. it out compared to like your uh yeah so um it's, it's a mixture of both because um you know i'm pushing pages out but it's also the best uh that, I've, I, that i have at that moment yeah. So there will be some pages like, especially when you got 115 pages. Oh, yeah. I'm not putting all of those pages into my portfolio. Yeah, yeah. Like there'll be some really good ones. I'm like, okay, cool. I'll put those in there and stuff. So, um, yeah, it's just a, like the amount of work I do it just allows me to be able to pick and choose, you know, um, which pieces and stuff. So yeah, so like the Samoa Joe story I did uh, for WWE. So Samoa Joe wrote the story. Um, oh, wow. and, and he asked me to illustrate it because I'd done some work with him before on Headlocked. Uh, plus he's a huge fan of my work so that's yeah, cool yeah. Um, I that was only six pages and I got the script when I was I was in Australia uh, Brisbane and Sydney for Oz Comic Con events I got the script when I was in Brisbane uh, the following week I was in Sydney I finished that six, shit the six pages in that week you know when someone Joe asked you to to, to to write a story or to draw his yeah. story are you in charge of like the panels and how you how it's directed like? pretty much yeah um, so I get the script and then it's up to me on how I want to mm-hmm. like you know there's, there is brief descriptions and stuff and what not um, of what's in the panels but it's up to me how I want to draw it and, uh, and is yeah. it done is it done is, do you do it on paper so you say, or is it uh, oh, uh, no I do I do it on uh, on yeah so there's, there's was it on the iPad or something or, uh, or I use a Wacom digital? I use a Wacom Mobile Studio Pro mm-hmm. um is this oh no it's a uh, comic book resources there's a, an interview with someone draw about the story and he actually name checks me and talks about me being a someone comic book artist nice. um and that was cool i was like oh don't because he understands that what oh, i do yeah. like for someone's is crazy like yeah, different yeah. so he was pretty oh oh it's, in the, it's right there um so yeah oh yeah. Um. So, no. Yeah. It's, it's pretty cool. Uh. To have that. But like, I remember just going. Oh my god. This is an opportunity to do WWE work. Mm. I got to draw Samoa Joe yeah, and yeah. uh Roman Reigns as well. So someone and someone violence oh, drawn by someone. Did he? Did he? Uh, oh. Is it? No. Um. And get my work out there into the world. Like yeah, I kind of yeah. knew this is a big thing. Um. So that's why once I got the script in Brisbane. I was just like, okay, cool, go do some work. Yeah. I was doing conventions. So the whole weekend was like an Armageddon, like I was Comic Con yeah. in Brisbane. And I was still doing work. And then Sydney I was doing work. And it was funny too, because one of the Aussie guys who was next to me in, in the um in the other Sally comic section, 
the Saturday night in Sydney. Uh, so I had a full day of Sydney Oz Comic Con. So I was selling books, prints, doing commission sketches and stuff. Then after the show, which was like nine to six, after the show had uh, dinner with some mates and then did a couple of hours of karaoke. And then uh, and then I still went home to where I was staying in uh, Sydney and finished the page before midnight. Oh. And then and then and then and then I go back I go back to the show again on Sunday and then the guy next to me is like oh what did you get up to last night goes, oh yeah went uh, had dinner did karaoke and I finished the page and he goes what he goes, oh yeah so I showed him he's like the fuck yeah it's like I was motivated I knew this was a big opportunity yeah, for my yeah, stuff yeah. for my work to get my work out there all right uh, someone uh, see you there's what's your uh, what's your go to karaoke song uh, there's several actually um, here's the thing. Um, I like to sing female power ballads oh, because beautiful. it's one of those Please. ones where it's one of those one things where people if they're going to karaoke for the first time with me they just don't expect someone like me to sing <laughs> something like that but like um, so you bust out the bodyguard uh, no see no, I don't like I hate that song um, <laughs> but like last week at Armageddon at the New Zealand streamers meet up uh, they had a karaoke thing I think I sung Lady Gaga Paparazzi Oh yep. Um, Brandy, you're a fine girl by The Looking Glass. Ooh. Uh, then I put my mask on and I sang "How Far I'll Go" uh, for for the brown people in the, in the, in the building. Uh, what else did I sing? Uh, "Flashlight" by Jesse J from Pitch Perfect Three. Um, so yeah, so I like songs like that where people are just like, sure. "What?" It's like that's right. Um, so yeah, so again, I like defying expectations. Um, <laughs> But like, I think um, it's something that's definitely come up a lot because I feel like I said a lot. It's like being a point of difference. Everything I've done, I've tried to make my differences um, work for me, mm. whether I fit in or not. Um, How about we just make that the norm now? Yeah, you know, and so being the point of yeah, difference. So whenever I go to America and I go to conventions, I've got a lot of, I've made a lot of great friends. Uh, one of my one of my good friends now is Ed McGuinness, who's uh, a comic book artist, and he's done he did the Deadpool series in the nineties. Uh, so I was a huge fan of his, and then I meet him. He's the best guy ever. Yeah, uh, huge wrestling fan, yeah. and wow. so we jowled straight away. Yeah, yeah, and now yeah. he's a fan of my work, and I drew him in he like too. But um, but yeah, but he's done stuff like Deadpool, the original series in the nineties. He did Superman, Batman. Um, <laughs> he does. He's done Hulk, Avengers. Thor, stuff like that, like, um, and yeah, and it was just like, man, one of my favorite artists is one of my friends, um, and there's Buzzy. a whole bunch of there's a whole bunch of guys like that who've done amazing work for Marvel and DC, mm. and they're friends of mine. And one of the things is like, um, again, I'm not a dick, so yeah, that's yeah, why yeah. we're friends. But um, one of the things that works in my favor is being a point of difference. Yeah, because every time we go to America. I'm the brown dude who talks funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Because yeah, like, yeah. they see, th- they go to conventions all around America. They see thousands and thousands of Americans and stuff. But then they see me and they're like, dude, yeah, yeah. you're back. <laughs> like they know I'm from New Zealand. They're like, dude, how's, how's flights and stuff? And so they're excited to see me because they know, they know me. They know my story. They know how far I've traveled to get there. And so like for them, it's like, they know you're not a dick. Yeah. And yeah. So, so again, Sticking out like that mm. has allowed me to create these amazing friendships. Um, do you buzz out at that? 
That's that's trippy. Yeah. She's like, you know, like near the comic book store, I'll pick up a comic book, like, oh, that's my mate's, uh, that's my mate's <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, it's blah, blah. It's like, oh, yeah. No, I'll talk to him when I, when I see him <laughs> next and stuff. So, yeah, it's just kind of crazy, like, having those interactions again, like, as a as a kid from manga, they just... You know, growing up, who was your main, who was your best comic book artist? I see you got an X-Men t-shirt. Oh, it's yes. like um, Jim Lee. Yeah, that's definitely right Jim Lee. So, you know, as, as a kid growing up, you know, the X-Men were, I read any comic that I could get my hands on. Like, I'd go down to the dairy around the corner from home and whatever comics that I'd have there, I would just, I'd just pick up. You know, mm. I'd just read comics just because I love comics. But like, once I started getting into X-Men and stuff, like, definitely there was artists like Mark Silvestri mm. and Jim Lee, Arthur Adams, uh, Walter Simonson. You know those guys. Todd uh, McFarlane up there. Oh, uh, Todd! Todd, I didn't mind. I, it's like I had a yeah. Like, even as a kid, I was like, oh, it's weird. It was different. I think I liked the, the fact that it wasn't like anything I'd seen before. Mm. But then there was a lot of times where it was bad drawing. So yeah. um, because I remember back in the days, like you could have, you sort of knew who the best artists were when yeah. they when they took off from Marvel and made, yeah, well, I mean, yeah, they were the ones that sold. They were the ones that sold shitloads yeah. of comics you know when they did image they yeah. went off to do their own thing but um, but they didn't last long eh because their stories weren't as good yes yeah, so yeah, yeah that was the of, thing um, the stories like they're really good artists they were just really they had really shit stories yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> the only ones that have survived are Spawn Spawn's still mm-hmm. going and Savage Dragon <laughs> the only ones that's still that's going Eric Larson, eh? yeah. I, I like this I like this um, yeah so I remember yeah I didn't mind Eric Larson's stuff when he was doing Spider-Man mm. uh, I do remember because it, it was yeah uh, the wink the yeah. Spider-Man the wink <laughs> yeah um, yeah because yeah Tom McFarlane who went on to do Spider-Man and then mm. Eric Larson came in to do yeah. Amazing Spider-Man then after Larson was Mark Bagley who is my favourite one oh, of my favourite yeah. Spider-Man uh, artists because he just drew Spider-Man so cool uh, and acrobatic and stuff so uh, yeah so definitely the, the, those X-Men artists Marks of History um, Jim Lee, you know, and then when Mark went on to do the Wolverine series, that was dope. So um, you, you you met them, you met them. I met Mark, I met Jim. Yeah, yeah, I've hung out, I've hung out with Jim uh, when he came to New Zealand. Oh, Farm again in two thousand nine, I think. I would like to say two thousand nine. Um, so yeah, and Mark eventually came to Armageddon, Auckland, two thousand and seven, mm. I think. So yeah, and I met Todd McFarlane two thousand and. 14 yeah at uh, Comic Con San Diego Comic Con were you so, a Wetworks fan? I did like the concept of Wetworks yeah. uh, Wes Potasio I didn't mind his work I I, did, I liked his stuff in uh, X Factor um, yeah. I liked the concept of Wetworks I uh, just couldn't get into the story just mm. uh, yeah I liked the I liked the look of the you know the, the gold symbiote uh, suits and stuff but yeah didn't really like the story What's uh, Max Vishu doing now? Let's see. I don't know. He does covers every now and then, mm. but he's kind of resting on his laurels, really. Um, so a lot of those guys don't really do much anymore. Um, yeah, they just kind of make money mm. on their properties and stuff. Who's your dream like uh, collab out of all these artists and or and uh, with the other side? Who's your dream wrestling match? Um. Well, in terms of comics, uh, one of the one of the writers I'd love to work with uh, is Jason Aaron, uh, who's done some amazing stuff with Thor uh, mm. recently. Uh, I'd love to work with Jason Aaron on the Green Lantern series. Um, mm. Yeah, Green Lantern, you know, my favorite character. So, 
just be able to do that with Jason Aaron, especially with the stuff, the cosmic stuff he did with Thor. Um, and with wrestling, um, I would have loved to have uh, locked horns with uh, either the Great Muda, uh, who's my all-time favorite wrestler, or uh, Jushin Thunder Liger. He's oh, kind of he's the, still wrestling. Yeah, he, he's he's retiring at the end of this year, oh, so he's wow. in Australia next month mm. wrestling. I remember and when I was, I was like, young, oh, man. Yeah. I'd yeah. seen him on um, WCW wrestling yep. Chris Jericho, and then like a couple years ago, he was on NXT wrestling uh, Tyler Breeze. Tyler Breeze. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, so yeah, so and Thunder Liger, uh, Liger. That's the, that's where I got the Liger name from. Oh wow! Uh, for wrestling, because he was one of my favorite wrestlers. But the Great Muda is my all-time favorite wrestler, and I've met. Great Muda in Dallas uh, a few years ago, and I uh, got a photo of him and stuff. He loved my mask because I was like, okay, in photos, yeah, I put the mask on. He's like, oh, good mask. He's like, good mask. <laughs> and then I actually draw a picture of the Great Muda and the gun to sign it too. So, uh, and then, then he was like, oh, good art, good art. And then he's asking, he's telling his friends to come over to mm-hmm. take a look at the artwork I drove him. And uh, I've also met Stanley. Uh, that was 2012. And it was cool. It was that uh, Sydney Oscom, uh, Melbourne Oz Comic Con 2012. Uh, Patrick Stewart and Stanley were there. And so I got to meet Stanley, got a photo with him. But I also did a X Men, like first class X Men um, commission for a friend. Uh, and I drew Professor X to look like Patrick Stewart. So I got, so my mate got it signed by Stanley and Patrick Stewart. So yeah. I've got like art, artwork signed. Uh, at my mate's house uh, mm-hmm. that I drew signed by Stanley and Patrick Stewart and apparently they were really happy with it they were like, they were like oh they are asking my mate who drew it and stuff and I was like oh that's cool so, oh, yeah. how, how, how do you how do you view the um, X-Men movies because to me they sort of ruined the whole story uh, yeah, <laughs> the whole storyline uh, you know? uh, uh, like, uh, the, the comic books are much yeah. better than the movies I mean, first, class was, first Class was so good I really liked First Class um, I didn't mind Days of Future Past. Uh, Apocalypse was oh, it was horrible. Dark Phoenix was horrible. Um, yeah, yeah, Dark Phoenix, the one of the greatest X Men stories. Yeah, and then um, and, and, and the movies around it. And, yeah, <laughs> and turned into X Men Three again. Um, yeah, no, yeah, the, the X Men First Class was the one that I liked the most. Mm. Um, it was actually fairly solid. I, I couldn't get around them just picking characters and just changing stories around, like yeah. Uh, well, yeah. See, I could, I could get that because um, I understand that you know, motion pictures and television mm. are a different medium, mm, yeah, yeah. And what you can do in the comic doesn't necessarily mm. translate well to um, the moving. Uh, yeah, I, I thought, I thought that uh, it would rather be a, it should have been a TV series rather than. than yeah, a TV series. You get, definitely you get more. In, you yeah, get you get more, more time to to explore uh, the characters mm. and, and what and conflicts and that. Um, but yeah. Uh, um, yeah, the X Men films, are, uh, yeah, uh, uh, first class. X Men one and two, they were alright. Not as great as people thought, thought thought they were at the time. They were cool at the time, but then you look back and you're, yeah, they were alright. Um, Don't really remember much from it. Eh? Yeah. Like it wasn't like a. Yeah, I remember that. Um, was yeah. there One Punch Man? Did you draw One Punch Man? Ah, uh, that would be. Yeah. Oh, you see, those uh, those four like uh, commissions. Oh, okay. like uh, like I was just there uh, for. Um, so if you go, if you click on the next, uh, here we slide. see everyone in here. He's the strongest. Um. Oh no no. Uh, sorry. If you go back to, it, I think there should be a. 
the arrow on oh yeah yeah it should be the it was just like a commission style so like you know black and white yeah. black and white with some gray tones color flat color or oh, like true yeah oh, <laughs> or like well like yeah, yeah, proper yeah. color you yeah. but yeah. i gave him the serious face like yeah, you know, just yeah. goes like the whole yeah um yeah no definitely enjoy one punch man um especially too, like when i visit schools kids will be like oh what's your favorite anime my favorite anime is actually full metal alchemist oh yeah uh, huge fan of full metal alchemist and one of the things I love about Full Alchemist is the philosophy of the whole cartoon. Mm. Equivalent exchange. You know, you you take what you give. Mm. You know, I I love that. You know, I love the idea of equivalent equivalent exchange. Mm. You know, um, reciprocity and all that stuff. And uh, it's the same thing with uh, Legend of Korra. Um, the, the last, Avatar, the last, last, last Avatar, Avatar, yeah, yeah, yeah. So like Avatar, last year, and then the Legend of Korra, yeah, Avatar series. I was a huge fan of Amon, the bad guy in in the first series, because he was about he was he, they were called equalists, yeah. He was about um you know um the have nots and the haves, you know, kind of. Wasn't an in and out of that that um the first series, yeah, and so yeah. Uh, so yeah, I really like that the whole the especially like the the name equalist like oh that's cool. Yeah, yeah. So you know I'm very much about that you know um, giving what you, you know, you know taking what you give mm. into it. So um, yeah, so that's one of the reasons why I love Full Metal Alchemist as well as the fact that the cartoon's amazing. Um, yeah, so Full Metal Alchemist, uh, Zoids, uh, New <laughs> Century. Uh, that's that's that. another that was another influence for my Liger oh, uh, yeah. name as well. Uh, the Liger Zero yeah. and that so. Mm-hmm. Was it the grey um, one? No. Was it? Was it the grey? The white. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, the white one. Yeah, like a zero. And then yeah. uh, then he had the upgrades, which was like a Jaeger, like a Panzer, and like yeah. a... Um, what's the blue one? Uh, Schneider. Oh, yeah. Like, like, um, so, yeah, so like that. Uh, also, yeah, One Punch Man, I enjoy. Um, what did you think of the last season of One Punch Man? Oh, it was... I, I didn't hate it like everyone else did. Yeah. Uh, I, I do I prefer. I do prefer. Uh, I do prefer reading the manga though. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I've been keeping tabs on that. I, I've never yeah. read the manga, but I've I've watched the the anime. Yeah, I I enjoy. That's one of my favorites. I really enjoyed the first one and the second one. Yeah, I don't mind. Now, yeah, the one thing I like about uh, One Punch Man is that it takes all those established anime yeah. tropes and then just makes fun of them like they did <laughs> parodies essentially yeah. and. One of the things like Saitama is so powerful. Like I love the idea. You're so powerful that you're bored. Like yeah. you don't have a challenge. Yeah. And um, yeah. And so all the all the character development comes from people around him. Yeah. So you know. So you have like this over overpowered character who's still like dumb as fuck. But then everyone else around him is like, and they're realizing, wait, this guy is so powerful. Like, what I mean? And they're trying to catch up to him yeah. and stuff, but like, he's just not interested. Um, so, yeah, so all the character development comes from the characters around him, like Genos and, and all that. Um, and it's very much like one of the things I loved about the Dread film with Carl Urban mm. was the fact that Dread was a force of nature. Dread is Dread. The character development was in Judge Anderson. So, you know. So Dredd just does his thing. The law. Yeah. Uh and Anderson is the one that has the um yeah, has the character development in that in that film. You know, when she when 
you know, because she's a psy, um, psyop, uh, when they, you know, try to invade her mind and then she frees herself. You know, it's one of those things where you're like, ah, oh, you know, oh, it, she's she's trapped and then she's going to get rescued by a dread, but she saves herself. Yeah, and I was yeah, like, yeah. that's awesome. Because, again, it's, the story was kind of more her first day on the job and dread's just dread. And yeah. that's kind of how I see One Punch Man. One Punch Man is One Punch Man. Yeah. Everyone, it's, it's what everyone else around him yeah. that deals with having someone like that yeah. is where you get the story development. So, um, I don't, yeah. I don't remember. I'd never seen the Carlo Bandred because I remember when I was young, I saw um, a poster of the Sylvester Stallone yeah. and I was like, "This looks mean as." And I watched the movie and I was super trash. Yeah, this man. No, the Carl Urban one is dope. It's yeah, like yeah. really, really. So strong. now I'm gonna go watch it. Um, like, <laughs> yeah, because the thing of Judge Dredd doesn't take off his helmet. Yeah, yeah. never. And, yeah, and, and Carl, yeah, yeah, and Carl was Carl was as a Dredd fan, and mm. so he knew that, and so he made sure he wasn't going to take off the helmet. Mm. That yeah. film. Uh, he, yeah. You can always tell these dudes who really like lived the character or like love the character. Like same thing with Ryan Reynolds, kind yeah. of how he inhibited like Deadpool. Like sometimes I can't even tell if he's being Ryan Reynolds or if he's Deadpool. You know? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. No, it's, it's interesting too because a lot of people are like, "Why is Deadpool R-rated?" It's like, again, it's the medium. Yeah. So with comics, you can get away with stuff like you can cover swear words with symbols. Yeah, and, yeah. and stuff and the viol- violence mm-hmm. you can. You know, it's cartoony, right? Like the violence can be gratuitous, but it's kind of cartoony. You translate that into real life, yeah. You get an R rating, yeah, because yeah. you can't go bleep 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 like you yeah. know because yeah, yeah, yeah. like you know in the comics like that's kind of how it is, and, and and the sense of humor he has, and then the 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 violence and like also the stuff that Deadpool goes through because he heals, uh, you know, quickly, so mm. he's got the healing factor. A lot of the stuff he gets through that like, goes through in the comics, like yeah. you show that in real life, like. There's no way that. it's going to be a G-rated film, you know. So, uh, yeah, yeah so that's that's the that's the whole kind of one of those, the be- the best examples of showing what you can do in the medium, uh, and how it when you translate it into comics means that you know you can't get away with some of the stuff you can in the comics. I think it was it was um, uh, Rob Liefeld that drew Deadpool. Rob Liefeld, yeah. Rob Liefeld. Does he get any royalties, or is it just uh, does it go uh, does it go back to Marvel? I'm not too sure. I'm not too sure. Does any artists get any royalties for any characters they they create? A lot of the times when you're doing work for Marvel and DC, you're doing work for hire, so you're making the characters but not owning them, mm. and so you kind of do get screwed out of money, which is mm. why those guys left to make images, mm. image comics, because they wanted to create characters that they own that they can make money off rather than making characters for the other companies. Yeah. Mm. Uh, now, I think, still very much the same, but I think if you're a superstar uh, or whatnot, there may be some provisions where you, you may get um, you may get a cut of a character you create now. Um, but yeah, but it's very much case-by-case case basis. But most of the time, it's work for hire. So whatever you create is no, lo- is no longer yours. How's um how's Rob doing these days? He had was like, there some con- controversy. Yeah, he's, early on he's with still his, some comments on Twitter or something. Like, yeah, he's still uh yeah, he's artist. <laughs> yeah. <another> artist. <laughs> yeah. Uh he's still he's still um egotistical and stuff. Still feels like outspoken. You know, yeah, like he's the man and stuff, and he still draws the same like he did 
25 the many years ago the big yeah. Mr. Tyson yeah the, the the 18 abdominal muscles and, um, yeah the pouches and the yeah. the cardboard tube guns uh, still the oh, same wow. um, I think that's the cool thing about these these artists what we're talking about like you can sort of you read the comic long enough you know their stuff yeah so, so you just tell what, who they are yeah, like, one yeah. of those things that really shot Rob Liefeld to fame was that the way he drew really resonated with teenage boys, like at that time. Like for some reason, it just, it just, it just re- really resonated, and that's how he became a superstar. Was it because of his uh, the the female characters, or Oh, even the female characters were weird? Jim was the best for drawing females. Yeah, okay. the Psylocke. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, so Rob Life, yeah, yeah, it's weird. Like it, it, it kind of captured the 90s teenage mm. kind of mm. um, boy aesthetic for some reason. The, the comics, they're rated for all ages, eh? All uh, some, some, oh. some are. Like, in a lot, the majority are like teens plus. Oh, okay. Uh, there's a, there's actually a huge market for kids with comics. Yeah. A lot of the best, the best comics, best selling comics are kids comics. Oh, okay. Like, um... And it's funny too because like a lot of comic people are like, oh, those aren't comics. But Raina Tellemeyer, uh, she does her graphic novels through Scholastic. Oh, and so schools wow. and bookstores and libraries buy her shit and shitloads. While like the normal comics that sell through comic stores like can barely yeah, yeah, sell, yeah, yeah. touch her numbers. Um, and so it's like, that's awesome. It's comics, oh, that's comics, bad. comics. Oh. So yeah, so she's like, she's like a New York best selling. Um, you know, graphic novel. She's the best-selling graphic novelist in the world today. She sells so much, um, because her comics are easily accessible by an audience that absolutely devours her. Yeah, work. yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's uh, yeah. So yeah, kids, kids comics. There's a there's a big boom in that. Um, you know, Captain Underpants. You know, oh, stuff like that. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, yeah, so um, Raina Tellemeyer's uh, graphic novels are usually autobiographical, like usually stuff that you know she went through as a kid and stuff. And the kid, you know, a lot of the little girls as well, really identify with that. Um, and, um, so yeah, uh, but then there's also adult comics, you know, not necessarily like adult comics like Fawn, but uh, <laughs> but mature themed comics. Yeah, um, you know, some of them are by Marvel's, like the Punisher Max series. Mm. Which is just like Punisher, full on Punisher stuff, which uh, gratuitous violence and, yeah, and swear words and stuff. But um, yeah, no, the th- the cool thing about comics is that it's a medium, not a genre. And whatever your tastes are, there's something. There for is it. someone. There is uh, something for for someone. Mm. Um, yeah, the comic medium is about telling stories. You know, it's not about superheroes and stuff like that. And there's so many um, stories being told through the comic mm. medium. And a lot, like a lot of them are t- they turned into movies and people didn't even realize they were yeah. graphic yeah. novels or comics like Road Pits Edition mm. um, with Tom Hanks. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's a comic. Uh, that's, a, that's, that. that's a graphic novel that's based on, uh, inspired by Lone Wolf and Cub. Uh, so it's a comic based, uh, inspired by a comic. And it's almost like... Um, like how Sergio Leone's uh, Spaghetti Westerns were inspired yeah, yeah, yeah. by Akira Kurosawa's samurai films, you know? Yeah. So 
so it's like that. So you had Lone Wolf and Cub, and then Road to Perdition was kind of like a gangster, American gangster version of like Lone Wolf and Cub. Um, and then A History of Violence with Viggo Mortensen. Yeah, 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 that's yeah. a comic. Um, oh, yeah. yeah, that's a graphic novel and stuff. So it's like little things like that where people are like, oh, what? Well, I don't even know. It's that. pretty interesting because um, I think that's what's pushing more up people to write graphics and graphic novels to try to get a movie deal. Yeah, so yeah, they're always uh, looking at yeah, graphic novels now. Yeah, for like the next uh property to to turn into mm. a movie and and, and you can tell when people are making a, a comic to try and sell off as a property because you just like uh, again it's that uh the empty uh creation. Yeah. You know how like you know it's a, it's a cash grab. Yeah. So mm. like you can tell this is someone that's trying to make something into something else. But if if you're making a comic, you're making a comic. Yeah, so like, and comics are much easier to make uh, and and put into the world than making a comic, uh, making a movie. Sorry, it's not easy. That's for sure. Comics <laughs> are hard as fuck, but um, but it's much easier to, as proof of concept than you know trying to shoot a movie. You know, you go like, hey, like this is what an idea for a movie is, and yeah, comic form people. Are, oh, okay, I can kind of see what you're trying to do. Um, so yeah, it's uh, is Oblivion that Tom Cruise. Oh, not that I'm aware of. I didn't, I know that um, end of well, Edge of Tomorrow is based on the <laughs> manga. It's funny too because I only like that movie because you get to see Tom Tom Cruise die heaps. <laughs> um, and then there's like they're making a sequel. I'm like, oh, okay. As long <laughs> as I get to see, yeah, yeah, it's like as long as I get to see Tom Cruise die even more, then I'll be happy. Uh, a, a comic graphic novel. Three hundred. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Miller, are you a fan yeah. of Frank Miller? Uh um, some of those early stuff I like. Those yeah. Daredevil stuff was good. Born Again series. Um, yeah, and then um, the Wolverine stuff as well. Dark Knight Returns definitely has aged very badly. <laughs> um, <laughs> They're still showing on. The, yeah, showing showing parts of it in movies. Um, and then everything else he's done since he's just crazy. Like Sin City, I like. Yeah, but like now Frank Miller now. Oh, the stuff he's been like, he's gone senile and crazy, and <laughs> that shit insane, and he's been writing real rubbish shit. It's like, oh, uh, yeah, and then like his artwork is even worse. Um, <laughs> yeah, that Sin City was bad, man. Yeah, actually, I actually did like uh, the Sin City movies, and I, I thought it was well casted. I didn't know that um, the graphic novel, but I thought the casting in that movie was awesome. It's actually yeah, the casting was really good. And it's funny too because, like. A lot, of the, you know, a lot of the panels and it was, it was very much like 300 where like they really took a lot of the panels and, and put it into the film Sin City was a slave to the, uh, the source material so much that it made you realise how cheesy comic dialogue is <laughs> <laughs> once it's spoken out loud yeah. um, <laughs> and there's always like oh, I know that's the line from the comic Man, that sounds so rubbish. <laughs> like, yeah, again, that's 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 what you can get away with in the comics. You can't necessarily yeah, get away yeah, with yeah. in in, uh, me- in real life media, like the live Bruce action. Bruce lines in there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, see. little Nancy Callahan. <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, yeah, well, you're Peter. Doesn't um, sound as good. <laughs> yeah. Um, you, know, you know when you're drawing your comics and you're doing you know like sort of like designing each panel to play the play the scene I'm just thinking like would it cross over to be a movie director I'm like, is, so yeah so when when um, figuring out what I'm drawing in the panel I do uh, compose each panel like a film director 
Um, so I'm thinking about what kind of shot would be best suited for what's being what's being displayed in the panel. And because I'm drawing like average is about six panels a page, I'm six different shots. And for for me as an artist, I'm thinking, okay, the direction of this panel needs to portray what I need it to portray, have the main information for the viewer, for the reader, but also everything else together has to flow and also have to be visually appealing so that they, you know, so that their eyes are like dancing across the page rather than, rather than like, uh, like boring, you know, (laughs) because like you don't want to lose the audience, um, with bad composition with um with i guess uh action that, that you, you can't understand you know you're like what's happening here like yeah, you know, yeah. what, what's going on and which direction am i supposed, yeah, supposed yeah, to yeah. take you want to you want to guide the reader um but then again like saying that sometimes if you want to kind of jar the reader's attention then you throw something off and then you're like oh and then you, <laughs> so that, 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 yeah, that's kind of what you say so you're composing not just the panel, you're composing the whole page together, all those panels and how they work and how they flow together. Um, so yeah, so definitely uh, I do attack it with a, uh, a film director's eye. Mm. Um, thinking about the shot, you know, mid shot, wide shot, uh, extreme close up, close up, you know, over the shoulder shot, which angle, low angle, high angle, you know, um, straight on, um, stuff like that, canted, you know, um, Dutch tilt and stuff. So yeah, um, definitely each shot I, I produce for comics, I have thoroughly thought about. Um, and it's funny too, cause when I do the layouts, so when I'm, when I'm doing a comic, uh, and I've got the whole script, I do the rough layouts of the whole script together before I, I do anything else. And what that allows me to do is see the whole comic and how every page flows together uh also i find in the layout stage um a lot of my first instincts um are the right ones and so i don't so i do spend a lot of time on the layouts like three days or saying two three days over, over of um just planning it out yeah just planning it out yeah making sure it flows well um but a lot of times it's quick sketches like and then like it kind of comes together and, oh yeah, sweet i like that Again, it's that first instinct usually is the right yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, So I'm not overthinking it. Um, I'm letting it kind of progress naturally. So have you, has there been a time where you like struggled to fit the script in and the amount of panels you need or have to go back and... Yeah, there, 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 um, that is part of the challenge, mm. especially if you have like a real dense uh, script. They're like, oh, hey, we've got a lot of the dialogue. So um, when I'm doing the layouts, I also um, do like rough placements of where the speech bubbles and text boxes go just so that I can account for that in each of the yeah. things especially if I look at the script there's like a lot of lot of uh, text I'm like oh gotta make sure I leave a little bit of space there and what's great about that is that because I've accounted for that in the layout stage I don't have to worry about it when I'm drawing it yeah, 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 because yeah. then I don't get any of my artwork covered by speech bubbles and thing afterwards and so like then it's like oh you spent all that time drawing something amazing and it gets covered up in speech bubbles because you didn't fucking yeah, yeah, yeah. think about that <laughs> you know and that's one of the rookie mistakes people make when they're making comics they don't account for the room for speech bubbles and text boxes um so yeah 
Um, so yeah, that's I, I flesh all of that out in the layout stage. Um, and so, yeah. And so that, that's where I get all the quick shots and stuff. And then I really fine tune it uh, once I start doing the pencils and um, line work and stuff. Uh, but a lot of times the layout is what um, the final page is going to look like. Would you ever um, delve into like um, anime? So animation like- uh, and stuff that has a different. There, there are there are some crossover skills, mm. plenty of crossover skills, but there's also uh, its own skill set. And yeah. animation is a ton of work. Um, yeah, I've had I've got tons of friends who work in animation. I don't envy them. They didn't envy me. Yeah, like, yeah. Because they try their hands at the comics. Craft, yeah, yeah, they try their hand at the comics. Oh, fuck, that's hard. I'm yeah. like, man, animation's hard. Because, um, you know, essentially, tw- you're drawing 24 pictures just for one second of animation. Yeah. And I'm like, that's too much work. Yeah. Like, um, like, if you love it, then sweet. But for me, it's like, uh, it's too much work for too little output, like, yeah. you know, for me. And being a comic artist, I get all the glory. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. But like in animation, you have to be like super talented yeah. in order to be someone other than a cog in yeah. the in the animation yeah, yeah. machine. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, so yeah, for me, I'm just like nah. Yeah. I don't want. I don't want to be you know part of the herd. I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm, again, I want to be a point of difference. That's it. I want to stand out. Yeah. Which again is. I guess a little bit different for us uh, Polynesians, you know, we're always told to be humble and, <laughs> you know, and, and, and don't make too much fuss, don't yeah, yeah. make too much noise. And I'm just like out here going, fuck you, look at me. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, so, yeah. I, I've, I've seen Jim Lee have his, his, his on Twitch doing his drawings, yep. showing audiences who tune in just, just to watch him draw. And he just, you know. Yeah. Would you do, do that? I do, I do stream on Twitch. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't. I don't have a regular schedule because I'm too busy. Yeah. Um, and a lot of times when I'm drawing stuff, I can't share it, so I can't be like, "Hey guys, look at me! I'm gonna be." Yeah, yeah. It's like, no, I can't. Uh, sorry, guys. And they like, oh, I'd like to do a drawing one, but I can't. Um, so usually, um, I'll be gaming uh, or playing Twitch things. Um, How's your Twitch handle? Everything, everything. Like I have my brand. Everything is bloody salmon. Oh, yeah. So that's what you got to search for. Bloody salmon. You're a mixer as well. No, nah, no, I'm a mixer. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so I usually play Tekken uh, and whatnot. So um, yeah, no, yeah. So I haven't. Twi- I, I think I'm gonna be streaming this Sunday. Um, Drawing. Nah, I'm gonna play some video oh, games. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, playing ticket, play, playing ticket. Yep. Uh, oh, so, nice. so, so that's right. We haven't even touched video games at all tonight. So, um, so yeah. So I'm sponsored by Omen HP. I just know that you guys have an Omen laptop. Oh, wow. um, oh, oh. how yeah. you get that? Oh, for your gaming. Yeah, for my gaming. Yeah. So who's your who's your guy on ticket? Guess. Uh, not Eddie Gordon. <laughs> um, Law Gun Jack King. Oh, you take yeah. a look at all oh, my. Oh, oh, uh, no, I I saw this thing. Um, I watched this, um, the esports score YouTube channel, and they were talking about some dude who won the Tekken with King, black guy. Uh, little margin. Yeah, he came third yeah. last year yeah, in, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. at Evo. Yeah. So I was at Evo last year. Oh yeah, 2018. Yeah, uh, I actually made it onto the live stream. Oh wow! So representing New Zealand, went up against one of Japan's best Batsu, yeah. and I lost. But I played well enough that people were like, who's this guy? I had my mask on. Yeah. They're like, this dude from New Zealand. Um, and so, shiraiken.com, which is like what, 
which was one of the leading uh, fighting game websites in the world. One of the editors watched the match and was like, oh, this dude's from New Zealand. He played all right. You could tell that he could tell it was old school as well. Yeah, like yeah. I was doing some old school stuff that doesn't work now. And uh, <laughs> and he was like, oh, he came from New Zealand. He's got a mask and stuff. Like, oh, I'm just going to, I'm just going to email him and say, hey, you know, you traveled all this way. You're well done and stuff. Um, so he Google's Blaze Samuel because Blaze Samuel's my game attack. Google's Blaze Samuel and this means finds everything else. And I was like, oh shit. Wait, this guy is a comic book artist for WWE and a pro wrestler and he, he plays Tekken. Like, so they ended up interviewing me for shirokin.com. Uh, and it ended up being a 4,500 word interview. Like, about my comics, wrestling, and video games. And on YouTube, there's a viral video of me doing King's Moves in real life. Oh, um, wow. And I think it's on my website as well. Um, I think if you go, if, if you go up, uh, a bit, this should be the Shirokin. Uh, interview um, so yeah so like this is what um, got me noticed by a lot of overseas players they're like oh shit there's this king player who actually does king moves in real life and <laughs> and draws king moves <laughs> like, like and, and stuff so um, so yeah so I'm known as the king of New Zealand oh, um, nice. so if anyone who uses king in New Zealand like I'm the guy that everyone yeah, yeah, you gotta yeah, play yeah. play someone like yeah. that's the king guy um, <laughs> apparently he's hard to use oh he's it's not too bad. I've been using King since Ticket 1. Oh, okay. So, uh, so yeah, so Evo 2018 um, was amazing. Like, it was two weeks after San Diego Comic-Con, so I was at San Diego as well. And I decided, well, it's two weeks after San Diego, I might as well do Evo uh, and do some comics and video games. And uh, so Lil Margin follows me on Twitter. Wow. Uh, I got to meet him, got a photo of him. Um Xavier Woods as well. I oh, yeah. Him. Up, up, down, um, down. I challenged him to Tekken. He was keen, but dude was too busy. Also, he's ducking me because he's useless. <laughs> and, um, and yeah, and it was just crazy. Like, Evo was one of those things that I just went in there for fun. Like, I had no expectations. I was like, just go out there, have some fun games. Hopefully, you don't lose 0-2. Yeah, yeah. You know, you don't want the people to go, oh, New Zealand Tekken sucks. Yeah, yeah. You don't want to go 0-2. Um, and uh, just make some friends, just play games. And uh, I was in Vegas for a, a, a week before um, Evo, so there were some events beforehand, so I went to the events and I was playing. Um, and somehow, I think throughout that week, all that playing, when I hit Evo week weekend, uh, I, I hit form, like, on the right time. And so... Uh, the match with Batu was my first loss, but I had a record of four and two. Made it out of my first pool. Um, placed in the top 12% of players in Tekken 7 last year at Evo. And the side tournament, because there, there weren't any like casual setups. Mm. So it was like, oh, if I need to practice, like where did I go? And there was this yeah. one, um, there was this one booth, uh, Zowie Ben Q who had Tekken and some other games and uh, the only time you can only play it if you enter the tournament and it was a ladder tournament so almost like a round robin yeah, yeah. so for each person you beat you play everyone once and for each person you beat you get the score uh, you know your tally um, I won that ladder tournament with a record of 16 and 1 sure. I, ju- I just lost my first match and yeah. then after that I was I was on fire 
just beating people from all around the world like it was crazy luckily it was none of the killers because uh, <laughs> no one no one knew about the seven yeah, yeah, yeah. but like those who walked past were, oh can we play you, know, you gotta be in the tournament just to warm up yeah, yeah, but like yeah. I was just I was just I was just running through people it was crazy I was just like oh my god like even I was surprised how much I leveled up um, <laughs> yeah and there was one time this, there was a black dude who was using Steve Fox and um, and I had my back against the wall and um, I was like, ah, oh, stuff it. I, if I do this move, he'll die, and then I win. And so the move's called the Instant Shining Wizard, and it's a running move for, with King, and it's a running throw. So he runs up and knees you in the face. And in order to do that, you have to press forward three times and then the right throw, so uh, buttons two and four. Um, but to do it in a short space, of, short space yeah. is super quick, right? Yeah. So Because you got to run in that tiny space. Yeah, yeah. So I, that was like, my back's against the wall. There's a dangerous spot uh, up against Steve. Stuff it. I'm going to go for instant shining wizard. So I remember, because I remember it's so clear. So essentially you go tip, tap, tap, like tip, tap, like that's how fast, like, you know, and I went tap, tap, and then he, uh, he activates his rage art, which is like the super. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? And I remember it's high. So it's like in the middle of the tap, 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 so tap, tap, and I heard the I ducked. <laughs> I went down instead of forward. Yeah, yeah, I'm so used to going tap, tap, like tap, tap. So like, tap, 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 down. He throws the he throws the rage out. I duck under, and then I and then I punish him and for the win. And he gets up. He looks at me. He goes, "I heard it. I heard because <laughs> I use a stick. So he heard the tap, tap. So he knew it was going to be a shiny wizard coming. And then he hit the rage out. And then for yeah. somehow in this in this microsecond." I reacted fast enough to duck. And I, that was the when I was like, oh, what's that meme of uh, Hannibal, Hannibal Burris with the hands? Like, going, yeah, yeah, what's yeah, going yeah, on? Yeah. I was like, he looked at me, he's like, I heard you do that. What the hell? I'm like, don't look at me. I don't know what happened. Like, what's going on? Um, he had that glow from um, Last Dragon. Yeah. 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 Uh, who's the master? Um, so, yeah, so it was, it was crazy. Like, it was one of those moments where I was so glad I did it. And I didn't go to Evo this year because again, no money, but well, not enough money to go. But I was getting so many messages, yeah. dude. Are you at Evo this year? Yo, are you here? I was like, nah. But there's a whole bunch of Kiwis there. There's like there's about ten, eleven Kiwis that went over this year, and I was gutted because there was only like three of us last year. Oh, and I was like, damn it! Like if I was there, I could have like because I made so many friends last year too. Because surprise, uh, unsurprisingly, there's a huge crossover of wrestling fans and fighting game fans <laughs> so like so I'm walking around with uh, the Bad Luck Farley Underboss uh, Bullet Club t-shirt yeah and that's one of the t-shirts that they can't get yeah. in America so uh, there's a whole bunch of Bullet Club t-shirts because Bullet Club t-shirts are actually in Tekken 7 like for customizations you can put oh, new characters with King in. A yeah oh it's just all, all the characters oh true yeah. and so um, and so heaps of people were walking around Bullet Club t-shirts but I'm walking around the Underboss one they were like whoa like that's a cool one like, yeah well, it's Polynesian style so yeah, like of course yeah. I got with my, my bro uh, Fale and so a lot of people started talking to me about wrestling and I'm like oh yeah uh, I'm friends with Fale and so I'm showing their photos like oh, it's me yeah, and Ric yeah. Flair they're like what oh yeah I draw comics for them they're like what and, oh I'm a wrestler for thing. they're like what like, and so I made so many friends because they were just like I can't believe this one dude from New Zealand does all of this shit um, so yeah it's kind of crazy and especially uh, like as a wrestler you know that that moment I talked about when I won the championship, uh, that was definitely a highlight. One of the other highlights of my career as a pro wrestler is the fact that I, I can say that I've been New Zealand tag team champion with King Haku. 
Oh, so me and Haku have been take team champions together. Straight yeah. up. So, yep. Uh, so that was dope. Um, it was just one of those, you know, getting to share one of those moments with one of your heroes. Oh, when uh, did that go down? 2016, I think. Oh, was he yeah. here through, um, he was here for Armageddon in Monaco. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then he came down later on that year, uh, through Fale. Um, but Uncle Tonga, like, that's how he felt like, was just like, it's like, this is my uncle. Like, so I, Looked after him, made sure he yeah, yeah. he had everything he needed. I drove him around if I needed. He needed but like he's got family here in Auckland. His mum and dad lived in Newland and stuff, but they sure. they passed away yeah, as well. Yeah. So recently, so um, so yeah, so he comes over semi regularly. Yeah, um, yeah, um, but yeah, no. So Uncle Tonga is like that's 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 who he is now. It's, it's no longer King Haku. It's Uncle Tonga. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I remember uh, hearing him on the radio. Uh, oh. 581 PI? Uh, I think it was 88.6. Oh, you see, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, earlier that year, it was yeah. when him and I were New Zealand Tag Team Champions. Oh, okay. Yep. Yeah, 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 that's right. My FM year, yeah. When, yeah, when he was uh, looking to beat up Nate and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, I, never, I never knew him as King Haku. Oh, because Man. I knew him as, as Ming. Ming from oh. WCW. And yeah, my yeah. brothers would tell him, oh, is that King Haku? I was like, yeah, yeah. the hell are you on about this yeah. Ming? Yeah, yeah. Then, yeah. then that's right too because like uh, have you guys seen the trailer for The Legend of Baron Toa yeah yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. so uh, so obviously like John Toei's character is, is kind of based on like you know kind of, there's a lot of elements of King Haku <laughs> um, because he's a wrestler um, Impact Pro Wrestling and myself and some of the guys from IPW we actually advised on the on the movie for some of the wrestling action, oh, and true. we actually have cameos in it. So, so I have a cameo in the film as well as my <laughs> mates and stuff. Oh, so, uh, so that's kind of cool. And oh man, that trailer, that teaser trailer yeah. was so good. Uh, buzzing out because my mates in that film too. Oh, yeah, Ray, he's the seven foot guy. Yeah. Oh, okay, I, I didn't see him. Yeah, yeah. Um, I saw. I, a, said, um, I went to um because uh, me and my friend we signed up to the New Zealand uh, Film Commission. Yep. And I actually went to a test screening of um of the movie. Oh yeah, yeah. So I went and watched it at uh, Sylvia Park. Yeah. Oosh. And man, I just remember because all I saw was the title. Yeah. So I had no idea what what the movie was going to be about. Yeah. You know, it's like uh, saying parents. So I was like, oh, you know, what what could this possibly be? Because they don't actually tell you what. Yeah, it's just a, yeah. They don't give you any details. <laughs> and we went and before I, w- I walked in, um, one of the um, um managers there, they go, oh, do you want to be part of the um. The group at the end they come in and you know, give your feedback. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I went and so I watched it and I happened to know um Uli, right. the main actor yep. as well. So and, and when I watched the movie, I was like, I had no idea. And then when you hear, oh, I, I don't know if I'm because I'm sure I, I, I say so, so the NDA. Yeah. So I'm just no, I'm not going to go too too much. But I just you, you hear Swidit, and you know, oh, now nah, this, this there's something about this <laughs> yep. film, man. Yeah. And then like if you watch it and and, and I know everyone that you know. All of a sudden, and Islanders are really going to enjoy it, and you know, our fans of pop culture. I just remember walking out, I was like, Man, that's a movie about us, yeah, you know. And so, so yeah, so in terms of making that movie, it was essentially Māori and Polynesian uh, cast and crew, like they wanted to tell a modern, you know, Pacific story, and that was what was great about it. Like, you know, everyone around was just like, Yo, you know, yeah. we're all in this together. We're, you know, um, you know they were going to try and hire brown people, as many brown people as they, as possible for the yeah. for the movie, and so that's one of the things I I loved working on it. And uh, um, 
So yeah, so no, yeah, and as what's cool is that not only did we get to kind of advise on the wrestling action and that, like John was such a natural. Like when uh, when when he was down at the gym and we we're showing him some stuff, I was like, oh yeah, this dude, uh, this dude's got it. But um, I also designed um, a t-shirt, like one like for the for the film. Yeah. So through sure. my other contacts, like he was like, hey. They've asked me to design a like a retro wrestling T-shirt for this for this movie. Yeah. yeah, can you do the artwork? And so like so I have like kind of two, uh, two like my art and my wrestling is in this, in this yeah, film. Yeah, two yeah. feet in the door. Yeah, so it's, it's kind of cool. Like um, yeah, what uh, to have that kind of skill set. Like, that, that was one thing that I picked up while I was watching the movie because I'm um, like um, like my my family we're we're big wrestling fans. Yeah, and it was um how authentic the wrestling was. Yeah, like John Tui, like um. He is, he's King Haku, like, oh, I've seen it. He yeah. is King Haku. His, his mannerisms, yeah. the way he carries himself. And the wrestling's legit. You know, yeah. like, you see some other, like, you know, you watch those other wrestling movies and you, and you see the, you can just tell it's not, um, doesn't seem natural. Yeah. The bumps aren't real in that. And this is, like, the one thing I I, I, um, I walked out, I was like, man, this, like, look legit, like, real fight, <laughs> real fight, yeah. and you couldn't tell which was wrestling or which was, yeah. you know? Um, so, yeah, so, no, yeah, so, like, um, yeah, the, re- the wrestling action in the ring and stuff, like, um, you know, my, my mates did a great job, you know, like, again, we've been doing it for years, mm. you know, and, um, and, you know, essentially when they came to us, it was, like, the people you know, because we, we knew a lot of people in the cast and crew, like the people you know are the best people for this job like that's we can we can we can make you look good we can you know we can do all the stuff and like they like they were like the stunt coordinator and stuff was amazed with the stuff we do like oh, okay so we're thinking about this and then we put it all together and they're just like <laughs> just like that and so, yeah, this is what we do like <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. all we had to do is, is again like being able to call on the fly it was like oh we just need to know what uh what the beats are in this yeah, story yeah, yeah. and then we'll hit it like yeah. you know? and goes okay you want us here and like, cool yeah because you know, we're so used to like uh, running direction as well like knowing what part of the ring you need to be in yeah like as well so like end up yeah so we're like okay so what do you want and they're like they just go, oh blah 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 okay cool sweet and we did one run through and there's like that was amazing okay can we like swap <laughs> and then, so it was, it was kind of cool like uh to showcase that yeah and they were really happy for us to kind of be involved in that way and, and have showcase uh pro wrestling in the more authentic well, way bad. and so uh, yes, yeah, so I'm definitely looking forward to that film. Yeah. I, mean, uh, I can I can honestly recommend it. Um, yeah, yep. and I just I can't wait because I the one thing like when you go watch these screenings is it's kind of like um, 85 percent finish. You know, yeah, they haven't added all the um, credits and all the like. There's some sound bites that are a bit off, and and, and they tell you beforehand, yep. and and then like when I was watching that, I was like, man, when they put all the bells and whistles and they they finished this off, this yep. is. You know, this is um, it's going to add to um, like Polynesian cinema as well because you can see there's a, a, a bit of a boom at the moment, and, and um, this is only going to help push it. This movie is legit; like it feels like a um, like a Hollywood movie. Just the the filming and yep. the acting, and yeah, you know. no, honestly, like see, like you know, being involved with the making of it and then seeing the teaser, I was like, oh damn, like that looks dope, like just. Just the quality of that teaser, like it wasn't even full trailer. I was just like, "Oh man, I'm hyped!" Yeah. Like I shared it, and like people I knew in like America who aren't Islanders, but like, 
we want to see that film. Like, will it be, will it be released out <laughs> yeah. here? I'm like, well, yeah. hopefully. It's like, well, if you're, and then a couple of them from San Diego, like, well, there's a lot of sound ones in San Diego. So <laughs> pray that, like, it makes its way out there to you guys and then you can go watch it and stuff. And, like, um, so yeah, no, yeah, the buzz has been really good. Like, once that teaser hit and people realized, like, that movie was coming out, like, I noticed that the social media following for that movie just jumped exponentially, which is great. Great marketing, great uh, awareness and stuff. And it's only because, like, um, Jamie and I, where we filmed, we were like a background scene. Um, and it was funny because um, it was kind of like gang headquarters. And I, said, yeah. and I said to Jamie, I said, You know, this stuff happens for real, right? <laughs> he goes, What? He goes, Wrestling at gang headquarters. He goes, What? Not even. I go, Bro, I've done it twice. <laughs> so, Impact Pro Wrestling years ago, we used to wrestle at the Headhunters headquarters. <laughs> the fight club. Yeah, in Maru, in Maru Road. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, so like for the Christmas party, we used to, we we did it twice. So like, so I remember like when I when I found out what scene like I'll be wrestling, I was like, oh yeah, this someone someone definitely knows that we we performed at Headhunters one time. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, so I just laughed. There. I just, and, like, Jamie was like, really good, yeah, bro. Like we used to wrestle, you know, we wrestled at the Headhunters headquarters. It was actually a really cool place. Like we quite enjoyed it. Uh, and you know we also got free Mr. Whippy so I was like yeah free ice cream <laughs> um, but yeah like we had no problems you know, with, with those events and stuff but it was kind of cool like to, yeah, to go yeah. oh yeah I was there like it was, it was kind of kind of crack up do, do you um, remember the band that played because I remember I think I saw once I think Free Houses Down or something um, done one of those headhunters oh yeah, yeah I don't, I don't. Band, uh, yeah no we kind of went in set up the ring did our thing picked that and then stuff. <laughs> out. so yeah it was like it was like there was barbecue ice cream and then we're out yeah um yeah before the popo come um yeah no nah, but no nah, yeah i wouldn't be surprised if three hours is done and done that and stuff but um yeah so it was hilarious just the whole yeah this stuff actually happens i don't know <laughs> yeah um, i think um the other cool thing how you were just saying um about the trailer and that, like I've, you know, I watched the, the the trailer as well, and a lot of um, movies they make the mistake of uh, when they bring out a trailer, they pretty much tell the whole the yeah. whole story, whole story in that. Yeah. And I watched it, and I thought this actually gives nothing away. Yeah. About it, so people. Yeah. Know, so yeah, so what I really yeah. liked about it. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, because I've already seen it, I'm like, oh man. Like if I was just watching it for the first time, I would not pick up what's gonna. Yeah, you know, yeah, no, yeah, really yeah, yeah. That's really good. Yeah, because yeah, because like in that game, being involved with some of the filming in that, you know, I I kind of know some of the story beats. So I was watching it. Go, yeah, no, you you can you, like because there's there's like there's one actor that they do not show in that teaser. That's huge, like a uh, huge New Zealand Samoan actor. Yeah. I was like. They didn't even show. Guy, I'm like, yeah, so oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, so it's one. They're gonna start guessing. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So it was just, it was just one of those things. Where, yeah, man. That teaser, uh, gave you like enough. Like it was exciting, and you, know, you kind of laugh at it. You kind of get excited for what what they're doing, and uh, but it doesn't really show. Man. Um. Some of the main story, but John yeah. Toy's doing some big things, eh? Yeah. So he. Uh, so yeah. when he came in. Uh, when we were doing the wrestling stuff, like just kind of show him through stuff, he just got back from uh, Hobbs and Shaw. Yeah. So it's like, oh, and now he's, now he's like, oh man. But you see, he's doing um, Savage. Oh, okay. What's there's, that? There's a, a New Zealand film that's oh. called Savage that he's doing. 
I went in an audition for that, but oh, yeah? <clears throat> didn't get the cut. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I've I, I seen uh, some photos in that flo- floating around, and man, bro, it looks good. It's on the, yeah. like a, a, a gang background thing mm. of New Zealand. Yeah. So. It's really though, man. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. Like, it's cool that, you know, he goes and does the big, big films, but he still, mm. like, is keen, keen to yeah, do, yeah. you know, the local stuff, you know, especially, I guess, if, um, you know, just to really still just grow, keep, grow keep at home, it. yeah. He, he'll he'll always be a winner because he's done a movie with Rihanna. If you spend like weeks and weeks with Rihanna on the, on the boat, yeah. <laughs> locked in the battleship, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah a winner forever, buddy. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. So no, yeah, no, cool dude, such a great dude. Mm. Um, yeah. So it was kind of cool. Like um, I know they shared um, on the Legion of Baron tour um, social media, like a kid dressed up as. Uh, Baron Tor and he, the kid's wearing the t-shirt that I designed and what's cool oh, is that nice. um, I I think I shared it on yeah um, <laughs> so yeah so essentially like, like for the design because like you know it was before they the kind of this, yeah so like in the 80s style uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, wrestling t-shirt but also um, it was cool before shirt. it was before they um was before they kind of figured out what his costume was going to be. So even like the the lettering is A D Z. Yeah, Hulkamania. That's yeah, that's Hulkamania. So yeah, I did the I did the <laughs> I did the the Baron Tower image and my mate Stan Stan Talon of uh, Sam's Island gear um, did the uh, lettering and stuff. Um, but um, yeah, so when I when I was drawing it, they were like, "Oh, we don't know what he's going to be wearing." So. Uh, and I was like, man, he feels like King Haku. So like, I kind of yeah, yeah. essentially like uh, use King Haku's like the claws yeah, and yeah, they're like yeah, 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 kind of yeah. thing. And then it's cool. Like in the teaser, when you see Uli yeah, do yeah. the claws, I'm like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, the Haku claws. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, grip. yeah. Uh, so yeah, so it's kind of cool. And then, um, yeah, I think that was the second or third pass because um, th- they weren't happy with the, the face, the first face. But it was funny because like the first face, I feel like looked, just like John Toy, but I guess it just it wasn't what they were wanting in the end. So I drew one where he was kind of more menacing and yeah. liked it. Well, okay. Um, so yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So it was kind of cool. Like, yeah, hopefully I get a t shirt and, uh, you know, I'll definitely rock that out. But like, yeah. Um, so, no. It's, um, yeah, definitely looking forward to it. I think February is when is it's it? scheduled. Um, so yeah, so uh, it's, uh, it's only a couple of months away, but um, yeah, no, nah, definitely looking forward to that. Mm. All right, so yep. Um, are you gonna release? Are you gonna release those shirts? Oh, it's, uh, my hands are oh, up yeah. to them, really. Mm. Yeah, that, I reckon that's a sell. Yeah, yeah, that, that yeah cool. I would totally. I would, like if I was them, I'd totally use that and sell it at merch stands and make some merch money, you know, along with the film, you know, you. No, it goes well with Tongan flags. So, yeah. Otahu you know, <laughs> is like, oh, yeah, it's like it down to Otahu. Yeah. Um, well, like, even though that's your drawing, you couldn't flick that off? Like, you couldn't nah, do prints nah, in that? Nah, that's, uh, that's theirs. It's work for yeah. higher stuff. And they're like, oh, yeah. You know, oh, so right. I did it for them. Yeah, you yeah. Know, I've, I, I'm, not too, I'm not even sure if I could share the proper. Um, I know my version of it is different because um, it's line work and, and some grey shirt. Mm. Great tones, so it looks slightly different. But I'm not sure if even like like if I, if 
if I could even share that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yet. Um, but, um, yeah, no, that's that's pretty cool. Mm. So, so, um, <clears throat> so what's happening over the next few weeks, few weeks for, for you? For what, me... What's, what's coming up? Um, tomorrow I'm talking at the Animation College uh, campus in Monaco. Uh, this Saturday I'm wrestling at IPW Time Crisis at Mount Eden War Memorial Hall. Uh, November 23rd, wrestling in New Plymouth for Taranaki Turmoil. Then the week after that, I'm in Melbourne for Indigenous Comic Con. Uh, by the end of this month, I have to finish illustrating 50 Marvel trading cards. Uh, mm. I'm also working on uh, Tangata Beats Smoke Free Rock Quest poster. Uh, what else do I have? Oh, maybe a couple other t shirt designs for people. And I think that's what I could think of at the top of my head. <laughs> um, oh no! Yeah, no. Oh, so, oh, video game tournaments. No, I'm uh, I'm busy on those dates. Um, but yeah, and then streaming every now and then. Um, yeah, it's funny. Uh, at the because I don't know if you've been Armageddon. You haven't been to Armageddon the last couple of years or so. Yeah, yeah um, years, yeah. So the Omen stand is always massive, uh, and they always have like a, a, a lounge where they live stream mm. all weekend. And so, the last couple of years, I've been doing drawing and playing Tekken at the Omen stand, and that's how I kind of end up being sponsored by them, because I draw the crowds, and um, <laughs> like people watch online yeah. the live stream, but then people are actually like in Come person are like, um, and so with the drawing, I just ask the crowd, "Oh, what do you want me to draw?" And then I just draw, it. and Ooh. then with the Tekken stuff, I challenge the crowd, yeah. step on that. And uh, I haven't given away a prize yet, so um, and so that draws the crowd because people are like, oh, he's challenging people in the crowd, and people line up. Um, so this year was a little bit different because um, last year a mate of mine challenged me to a money match at the Southern Cross Up, which is the uh, national um, kind of New Zealand fighting game championships, and that was for two hundred dollars, mm. and I beat him for that. And so this year, it's like, oh, I want my run back. <laughs> so I want to challenge you this time, $500. <laughs> I was like, oh, $500. That's okay. Oh, well, let me, I'll see you. So I was like, yeah, okay, we'll do $500. He goes, uh, but we were supposed to do it at the streaming thing. But then my mate was in hospital at the time. So I was like, oh, if I can make it happen at the Omen Stand, we'll make it happen at the Omen Stand. So last weekend at Armageddon, at the Omen Stand, we had our $500 money match. And uh, it was crazy. Uh, the crowd, like in Armageddon, <laughs> yeah. blocked up the aisle oh. watching us play Tekken. And it was first to five. So whoever wins five matches, uh, so essentially $100 a match. Yeah. Um, and, um, and like, you know, because I'm part of the Omen squad. You know, I kind of set up my, my entrance music as well. Yeah. So, so yeah, so my entrance music comes out, I did the thing, I start talking smack and stuff like that. And it was funny because, like, I've got a mascot, I'm in character. And uh, when I'm in character, I just, again, I'm ruthless. You know, cutting into it and then fucking cutting people down, roasting them. <laughs> and uh, so I took it, uh, like, you know, I sit down and I pull out my $500 and I put it down. And earlier I asked my mate about his $500 and he said that he didn't have on them. Uh, and I asked him why and he told me. And so when I sit down, I'm looking directly in the camera and go, there's my $500. Where's yours? And he goes, Oh, yeah, funny story. Uh, my $500 went on the All Blacks last night. 
And I look at them and go, well, obviously you're used to losing, so today's just another, <laughs> it's gonna be another day where you lose another $500. Um, and yeah, I smoked them 5 0. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so uh, so that was hilarious. And the crowd were just eating it up. Um, I think on my Twitter, I might have a video. Um, if you go to media, so yeah, the Rolling Death Cradle. So the Rolling <laughs> De- the Rolling Death Cradle does like tons of damage, but then the animation is so long. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so what happened was was because it takes so long. I put my controller down. I put my arcade stick down. I just kind of sat back, arms out, like just posturing to the crowd while it's happening. And people are like, like, is it going to kill? Is it going to kill? Flicks. Yeah. But like, but I knew it was going to kill uh, because I saw how much life yeah, he had yeah, the guy yeah. was going to kill. But people are like still wondering, um, is it going to kill? I'm just like, I know it's going to kill. So I'm just sitting there like this, yeah, like just yeah, waiting yeah, for it. Yeah. And then the crowd go, oh, I was like, that's right. That's, uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, big flex yeah honestly like, people is like this guy is like uh, <laughs> that's what I do I bring again like it's, it's weird like I've been able to ingrain all the elements of the stuff I do comics wrestling and video games all into one and so mm-hmm. I bring that wrestling style like hype to like the fighting game stuff um, and so yeah and like the Omen the Omen crew they were like dude that was fucking amazing like it's like you had a huge crowd watching live yeah, you had a yeah, huge yeah. crowd watching online and like that was so dope like all of that stuff was so entertaining I was like that's what I do yeah, that's what yeah, I bring yeah, to the Omen's yeah, club like yeah, yeah. you know um, again like all the skills that I have like in the, I can interchange with like all the different areas um, oh, that, oh. And, and stuff and so it's kind of crazy comics wrestling video games or the stuff I did as a kid, I get to do as an adult in kind of a professional uh, manner. So, and I wouldn't so, even call that work, eh? <laughs> I know, it's like, it's the best day. It's like, yeah, I haven't even grown up yet. Um, so, <laughs> no. Living the dream. Sorry, man, yep. I think, you know, listening to you tonight, like, your stories and that, man, you're, you are the epitome of someone living their dream. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah straight I mean, up, man. More people yeah. should be doing that, but, you know, sometimes, like we said before, like you said before, life, Priorities get in the way sometimes. Yeah. And man, but man, just like, that's <laughs> no, awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Man. Well, he's, like, he's a proof. He's proof that, you know, uh, priorities didn't get in the way. Eh? You know? Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> I guess different priorities. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's one of those things that it was, these things were always things I wanted to do. Mm. And I love to do. And I think, I just owed it to myself to give it my best shot. And part of that understanding is that if you put yourself out there, you may fail. Yeah. Um, and that's the risk. And some people don't want to take that risk. You know, I think a lot of Polynesians yeah. don't. Yeah. You know. And so for me, like, again, with art, everything I draw, um, I fail. I make mistakes. I tell kids this all the time at, at schools. So it's like, I hate everything I draw because I see all the flaws. I see all the mistakes I've made in making the artwork. Yeah. They only see the end product. I see all the missteps I've made in order to get to the end product. And so all the flaws, all the mistakes, all the failures, um, I take as another opportunity to learn. Yeah. And so it's never a roadblock. It's just a speed bump. That's, that's a good um, way to look at failure. Eh? Yeah. Um, so yeah, so for that's how I see it. And so 
Um, and it comes with, again, um, that risk-reward um, kind of um, assertiveness, like understanding that if you do this, if it goes well, it goes this way. Yeah, if yeah. it doesn't, it goes that way. If it doesn't go well, figure out another way to work around that. To or, come this way. Yeah, yeah, or, yeah, or like, you know, maybe you have to retrace your steps and go another direction. Yeah, yeah. But like understanding that it's never the end. That's mm. um, and I think so many people add a finality to failure. It's like, man, I tell the kids, it's like I've made millions of mistakes in my life. I got millions more mistakes to make. Yeah, yeah. But again, approaching every mistake I make as another opportunity to learn means that it's much easier for me to go. You know what? I fucked up there. Yeah, yeah. How can I learn from that? You know, so but it makes you better, right? Eh? Yeah, exactly. Try and be better than you were the day before. Yeah, that's yeah. that's all that um that this journey is. Mm. Yeah, so yeah. yeah. You have a man, bro. <laughs> no, thanks, uh thanks guys for inviting me out here uh to share my story. Honestly, like there's still so much that I haven't even covered. Like, um so I'm not sure if you guys follow Re, the news website. So there's yeah, yeah, yeah. yep. So I saw the the piece they did on it. Yep. So that's part one yeah. of three. Oh wow. So so I saw, is that the spinoff? I saw the spinoff. There's a spinoff one which is cool. Uh, I had a lot of fun doing it. The yeah. re the re one uh, is a new one. Uh, so the first one is about my experience as a Samoan combo artist. What's cool about this because I've done so much media over the years. This was the first one that really kind of touched on what my experiences as a Samoan in the comic book industry. Is. Um, the second one I think is going to be on my pro wrestling. Third one's going to be on gaming. Because yeah. uh, yes. my mate World, who films for uh, Re, was like, dude, for ages he's been wanting to do a piece on me. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, dude, like everything I do, like somehow I've got international recognition in each of those fields. Yeah, yeah. So you either have to have one focal point and the others are peripheral. So you go, hey, you're a couple of us, but you also do this. Yeah, yeah. And then you touch on those. Or you do something separately and goes, how about we do something separately? <laughs> so somehow he uh, he's uh, yeah he's uh, he's convinced his bosses to um, to do three pieces on me. And what's great is that they absolutely loved the comic one. Mm. They were like it was so good. Like you you were talking about um, how you got your name, me. Eh? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like how I, how I came up with the Blaze Arm one yeah. moniker and that. If you go to latest, I think. Oh, you just Twitter search it. So yeah, so it's uh, it's, it's kind of crazy. Um, to have that and like again like because of my mate Will he actually uh, I was actually really happy with the, that that focal point of being brown and doing the stuff rather than everything else yeah. <laughs> yeah. I saw this um, before I was told me that you were coming on the to come on the podcast <laughs> I, so I really I, I watched it and I thought I mean yes yeah their website's weird you gotta scroll up in order for the, yeah. the video to scroll, oh, oh. scroll back up yeah in order for the video to show you yeah, so yeah, so I'm looking forward to seeing how the other um, the other videos shape up. Yeah, because I was like, oh, I'm really happy with that one. So yeah, oh yeah, it actually shows me illustrating one of the Marvel trading cards as well. So yeah, that's at the at Arkham City Comics, like at the work, in my work. So I was like, yeah, comic book <laughs> comic book store. Like, that's where I usually stream as well because there's fiber at the store, so I usually oh. stream. Um, yeah, so it's some trading cards in the school journal um, stuff. So. Um, I can't believe they still have school journals. I remember reading them when I was in school. Oh, the school journals have been around for a hundred and something years. Oh, yeah, really? yeah. I thought it was just us. Yeah, but yeah, but now they're like uh, you know, incorporating comics into some of the stories and right. stuff. So uh, that's good news for me. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, so I totally forgot about filming for this. So I didn't like <laughs> shave or cut my hair. I and mean, then like you trim my hair. I was like, oh shit. Uh, but that's all right. That's um, a cool shirt you got on there. Yeah, it's this dude in uh, Gold Coast. Oh, yeah. yeah, I saw it on Instagram. And I was like, bro, I think it was, it was all white. And yeah. I said, bro, if you have a white and red version so that the poly uh, can be accentuated yeah, yeah. as well yeah. as the yeah. the uh, Ula, Ula um as well, um, then let me know. And then once he did, I was like, yeah, she ordered it. Uh, and yeah. And so I was like, yeah, that's that's dope. I'm going to be wearing the Indigenous Comic Con for sure. I've, I've, uh, I've just got one more question. Um, Arkham Comics, what's the most expensive comic you guys have in store? I don't know what we have in store, but in the past I have seen Amazing Spider-Man number five in store, and we had that for about five grand. It wasn't, oh, the, it wasn't the best condition, so... So it uh, could be worth more. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, it's, it's the it's only the sixth comic that Spider Man appeared in. Oh wow. So you know anything in the in, uh, in the single digits is, yeah, uh, is mega expensive. So thanks for coming in. Ah uh, no, it's uh yeah, thanks for uh yeah, the bus ride on the back of the one three five. Uh yeah. Yeah, not not used to these Richie's buses. Eh? Um, yeah, I'm all, I'm all about the yellow bus company. Yeah, that's what we have out south. Eh? He's like, uh, yeah, these Richie's buses. He's like, uh, but, um, Sweet as man. Like, he, yeah. he, so where 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 can our um, followers uh, reach you? Like, what's your yeah? So yeah, as I said earlier, my brand uh, is very easy to find. It's bloody Samoan. You know that word. Those two words that white people would say to you all the time. Uh, so yeah, my website is bloodysamoan.com. Um, Socials. Yeah, my social media, Twitter's bloody Samoan. Instagram's bloody Samoan art. Uh, Facebook is bloody Samoan art. My Twitch is bloody Samoan. YouTube's bloody Samoan. Um, so yeah, so essentially, uh, if you're white and you're listening to this and you're googling. You're getting pinged by the racist police. Um, that's my that's my little trap. But, um, but yeah, no, it's real easy. Play someone. It's much easier than trying to spell Macau Yeah. Um, so yeah, so my game attack, PSN, play someone. And Steam as well, play someone. Uh, yeah. So... So guys, if you're looking for a bloody salmon, you find him on bloody salmon. <laughs> yeah, if you get clapped by a dude to bloody salmon, you know where he is. <laughs> <laughs> yep. No, that's cool. No, thank you very much uh, for having me and uh, allowing me to share my story uh, with you guys. Uh, it's been a pleasure. Uh, it's been good, There's man. <laughs> Fantastic. Thanks, man. Okay, we're out of here. Cool. Thanks for listening. Cheers, guys. Bye. 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 Awesome. Hey, awesome. Just feel like a new one.